0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. What are you talking about?
1: No, it's not him. There is only one more. There is only one. There's that's it. One more. Get it around. No. They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up. Remember in the old days, they used to have oxygen for Where's the
0: oxygen? Play like absolute just garbage. (laughs) This. This is the sports loudmouth. Yay. Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here With Errol Marks, Speedy Petey, and Tyler Harrison. Tyler Harrison. You're not
1: even a has-been. You're a never-was. You're a never-was. You're a never-was. Merry
2: Christmas and a Happy New Year to everybody out there. We are the Sports Loudmouth. I am the host, Errol Marks. And no, ladies and gentlemen, there is no mothball in the studio today. It is just speedy, Petey. So mothball is not here, and we're gonna have a wonderful show without the mothball. I'm just kidding, Tyler. Uh, I don't. He he says he might have COVID. What else is new? Uh, oh. he, he's got excuse after excuse. But Tyler is not in the studio uh, this week. He's Calming himself down with no women at home. That's for sure. (laughs) Uh, We have a great show lined up for you. As you know, Uh, we always do. Uh, We have two very special guests uh, that will be joining us later in the show. Uh, Remember, the number is 631-672-3108. Go to our website at www.worldwide.com. SportsRadio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRA or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Speedy, how was your Christmas? Did you get any special gifts? Did you get me some underwear for my Christmas? I actually
3: guests? did get underwear. Ooh, well, I so figured. coincidentally. Clean yes, th- ones? Yes, uh, clean 30s. ones. I'm you know. wearing one of them as we speak. Ooh, I, as I didn't know you
2: wore underwear. I did not know why. With
3: the exception of the one show that I told you I did, just. Yeah,
2: well, you, you've been telling us over and over again that you don't like underwear. I said one show. You said you don't like underwear. Did you not tell us that? I have no strong opinion. It's functional. It's functional? So <laughs> your underwear is functional? Yes. Are they dirty right now or are they just brand new and clean? They're new. Have you ever peed in your underwear? Yes. Was it worse than you've ever felt before in your life when you did? Uh, I don't know about worse than anything else in my life. Did you crap it, in your pants before? Yeah. Uh, were you at a normal age? Uh, when was the last time you crapped in your
3: pants? Probably by accident, sometime in college, I would imagine. Because I thought oh, I was it was farting. an accident. I farting? thought I was farting, and I did. was I, a Hershey <laughs> squirt. Yeah, pretty much.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Speedy with his Hershey squirts. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I guess that's a good way to put it. How was your Christmas? It was a lot, it was a lot of fun, though. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my grandparents my mother's side came up. My uncle was there. Uh, both, Two family dogs were there barking at each other at different points of time. Did they and, uh,
2: find a way in your ass?
3: No, they did not. Okay, but right. they found their way to the wrapping paper, that I was for fi- sure. I figured. They were tearing all that apart, uh, sneaking into their gifts. Oh, sneaking. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh-huh. your dog's nose? My dog was very <laughs> close to ah. sneaking. I was oh. literally... After we pre-recorded the Weekend Crunch last week on Christmas Eve, I literally, while I was editing, Uh-oh. saw him sniffing at water. like Uh-oh. He almost sunk his teeth into it and started opening it on Christmas Eve. You know all Eve. about,
0: sne-
2: you know, sinking teeth, you know, your dog sneaking and, sni- you, know, you know, sticking his teeth where he shouldn't be, right? It wasn't his teeth, it was his tongue. <laughs> He's never bit me in the ass. Oh, well, that should be uh, something new. Yeah, that him. would
3: be something. I should ask my dog. Yeah,
2: okay. ask your dog to do dog. All right, ideas. all right.
3: If I could get my dog to say words, that would be quite a miracle.
2: It would be a miracle. I think I, it would be I, a I great agree. story. I agree. Too. He'll, be the, the, story behind he'll it. be
3: the he'll be the black lab version of Scooby-Doo.
2: Scooby-Doo with Speedy-Doo, right? Sure. I I, I will say this. Uh, if anybody didn't have a great Christmas, I feel bad, but uh uh it's been it was a rough Christmas for me. Uh you know, obviously mm. with my nephew passing away. Yeah. Uh, my sister did not come out to celebrate the holidays with us, but uh, um, again, uh, we tried the be- We tried to do our best with the holidays sure. and and celebrating the holidays. But what did you get besides the the dirty underwear?
3: All right, so besides the clothes, we got a I got a bunch of other games, uh, but including a weird Boring. one. Boring. No, no, no. This is a weird one. Oh, so th- we this is one that's kind of like a dodgeball type thing, but except with 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 a with dodgeballs. There's these plastic burritos that you throw at people. Mm. And it can get in pretty intense. D- and in a room with a Christmas tree, and uh, my mother and my grandfather were sitting on the couch uh, watching, and there was a, there was a fire going. It, not probably the most ideal circumstances for that game, but it, it, it is quite chaotic. It's very very unique. Burrito darts? Pretty, it's a burrito dodgeball duel type thing. How yeah. the hell do you throw a burrito? So you... You, you, you make you have, there's a bunch of cards, you make three of a kind and with, with there's three different types of duels. There's a brawl. There's a war, and then there's an actual duel where you actually have to stand back to back, like at the ending scene of Dodgeball, mm. except you're standing back to back in the sudden death. Wonderful. And then you just fire mm. right there.
2: Uh, how about you uh, fire your dog's nose in your ass? How's that sound? Well, I wish I I don't you wish I don't have. Oh, you wish? No, no, no. So. I, I wish I had, I
3: wish I had that kind of control to manipulate my dog, but mm. I, well, you, I could but, prank him, but
2: <laughs> you're gonna prank your dog to stick his nose in your no, ass? That I wouldn't yeah. stoop so low to do that. You just That's... said. You you we're gonna prank him. I, I can no.
3: I said I could prank him in other ways where I could mm. hide stuff on him oh so
2: you're gonna hide stuff in in certain areas oh, uh, well what do you mean certain areas oh, you, you just said
3: you're gonna hide hide something. stuff
2: I never said certain well yeah technically is certain areas because he well, what can't kind find of areas them. oh so if, if you stick it in a certain area where where would be something that you would stick where you would be hiding it in your dogs no, not inside of my dog. Uh, I don't know. Away from
3: my dog, okay. so he can't find it. And then he goes. He, it's so crazy. It's trying funny to, get to watch him sniff here. around when I take away oh. what is his "quote unquote" favorite toy of that particular moment. And that would be your
2: ass, right? No, <laughs> you just said it was your favorite toy. What? Yeah, your your ass would be his favorite toy. Why? I don't know. He likes to stick his nose in your ass. You know. He licked the outside of it
3: once. Okay. (laughs) That does not account for the amount of toys he has broken, squeaked around, and everything else he's done in the seven almost seven years we've had him.
2: (laughs) Well, we have a great show lined up for you guys tonight at nine thirty at nine thirty uh nine Thursday. We are talking to NBA analyst, network reporter, insider, Brett Siegel. He'll be joining us uh, in a little while. Uh, at 10.30, we'll be talking to Painted Lines, NBA reporter, and Sixers writer. Ooh, this will be fun. Austin Krell. So, he, he will be joining us. Uh, talking a little Sixers basketball. That will be fun. And he'll
3: probably make fun of Doc Rivers at some point.
2: Absolutely. I can't stand the man. So, I, I can't wait to hear what he has to say about Doc e. Rivs. But, uh Anyways, uh, we have a, like I said that those two really special guests. I, I don't know if we're gonna have a show tomorrow because of the holidays. Uh, next week will be a full blown force uh, where we'll be doing Wednesday and Thursday as we always do every single week. So uh, I'm not sure if we're doing a show tomorrow. So we might do our we might do our football picks this week uh, tonight. But uh, why don't we get into uh, the whole jo- John Madden situation and yesterday. Um, about five o'clock, uh, there was a post breaking news that, uh, a guy, a guy actually posted on his Facebook that John Madden passed away. I don't remember who it was, but, uh, you know, it, when you talk about John Madden, it, it's really, if you, if you didn't watch, you know, obviously Sunday and Monday night football, you don't know who John Madden is. John Madden was the voice of football for many, many years. He really was. The, the personality, the type of guy that really brought out the Oakland Raiders and what the Oakland Raiders were in the 70s. He was the guy. He was the face of Oakland Raiders football for a very long time. And when he, he decided to retire and become a, a sports analyst and, and a broadcaster, um, his game, his video game started to come out in the late 80s. And ever since his first video game came out, people fell in love with football. People fell in love with his video game. And John Madden, his football game, is the biggest-selling sports video game in EA Sports in sports history. That's how many video games and how much the video games have dominated over the years. But not just that. John Madden really... um, who he is as a person, his personality, uh the the effect that he really put on the game, even movies. If if you ever giants, Little Giants, the replacements. Yes. I I mean Love the replacements. uh the the football movies he was in, it just really brought out who he was as a football coach, who he was as a football phenomenon and really who he was as a man, a father, uh you know he was one of the forefathers of football. He really was. When when you look at, uh, you know, obviously what he brought to the, you know, what he brought to the TV, what he brought to the game, what he brought to the 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 sensation of the game of football. So, you know, when you when you hear somebody like that pass away, and then they, uh, I think the NFL Network did a documentary,
3: yeah, on coincidentally Joe, two days before,
2: yeah, before he passed away. I, I mean just who he is. If you if you if anybody didn't watch this two-part documentary, you have to check it out. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all the greats, Jerry Rice, they all were a part of it talking about what John Madden meant to them, who he was as a football coach, who he was as an analyst, as a voice of the football uh, football game. Uh, you know, not only with Sunday night football but even Monday night football when he actually showed up and did that as well. So, uh, when you hear somebody like that pass away, Speedy, it, it, it's definitely something that you you just sit back and you, you, you're just gifted and, and actually appreciate what I had the opportunity to see on TV and what he was as a coach.
3: Yeah, so many different aspects of the football community and just the game of football were touching for John Madden. So just between his t- the players that he coached with the Raiders in the 70s, uh, obviously the opposing coaches that respected him across the league, the the rivalries that a lot of those teams had and just really his impact on the Especially with the Steelers. Yeah, especially with the Steelers. His influence, though, on a lot of those teams, a lot of those now coaches that are making their mark, even the Hall of Fame committee, too, and he really has a good connection with everything. Then he gets into the broadcasting end of it, too, and he touches a lot of people that way. He calls these great... Monday night football games, Sunday night football games with his style, a new style in in that broadcasting world. And it it seemed very different from when he was a coach, too, but it was always something unique. And a lot of players of different generations are able to connect to that kind of thing because of that. And you mentioned the Madden video game series, which for younger football fans, that's how they learn a lot of these players. Me growing up, it was probably 05 around when I first remember starting that, and I actually was one of the people, because obviously you know how much I love statistics and stuff like that, I was actually one of the people that bought the books for those, too, and I learned a lot through there, too, so that whole... Branding of it too, where his voice was in the game too. He was always he always was trying to f- find a new way to improve it too. And I saw something on Twitter too. He was he. It was actually much more difficult. I didn't even realize this. It was much more difficult to get that game on the map than I thought too. Because Joe Montana was in there. There was uh, the. NFL Blitz series, there was Tecmo Bowl, there was a lot of all these different things, and it was actually really hard to get at something so real, and he wanted something that pure, the purity of the game of football that he loved so much, and eventually that's how it came into existence, and obviously the graphics have gotten better since then with each game, but still, he had his impact in that way too, where he could, he it was in the media world now too, he was in technology, he was in touching the younger generations of football. Meanwhile he coached in the seventies and mm-hmm. he could he could touch players that were born in nineteen forty and yep. nineteen thirty. So mm-hmm. so many different so many different generations of football and aspects of the game of football there might not be a better football purist as a whole and just brilliant, brilliant man than John Madden.
2: If you remember Pat Summerall, uh his co partner, his partner in crime before, uh, obviously, the voice of Monday night football—I mean, Sunday night football—you know—is now here, and and we all know who I'm talking about. I I think when when you remember the greats, uh, the great analysts of football, the John Madden's of the world, the Pat Summeralls, it really changed the game of football. It really changed. What you thought of football and watching a game of football? When you watch, obviously the Tony Romos now and the the Nances of the world, or even obviously Iron Eagle has been on the show. Right. Uh, they have all tried to really replicate what guys like John Madden did and and Pat Summerall did when it came to television and radio and. Uh, We talk about some of the great radio show hosts, like, uh, you know, obviously Mike Francesa and Chris Mad Dog Russo. They were the fathers of radio and talk show radio. For football and Sunday Night Football, it was John Madden and Pat Summerall. Those were the guys that you always remembered when you were a kid. And if you weren't alive, to even get a chance to see... John Madden or Pat Summerall as a broadcaster. Well, uh, you missed something very special to the game of football. And uh, losing these two guys, Pat Summerall died years and years ago. Um, I, I would say about 15, 20 years ago. Obviously, a heavy drinker, a heavy smoker. Um, John, Madden, he li- John Madden lived a long-lasting life, mm-hmm. 85 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and And with all the medical problems that he's had over the last couple of years and and all the different stories we heard about John Madden. I, I You always thought that John Madden was going to show his face again on television. Never did. And then... Even with his video game, and if, if you never play the John Madden video game, uh, you know his voice was so unique mm-hmm. and 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 so special. Like if you ever seen the the movie The Replacements, what? The Replacements was a fantastic movie, and his voice was all over it. So and so was Pat Summerall. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wanted the Washington name to be Sentinels. <laughs> that's right. So you you hear something like this when it comes to football and losing a guy like John Madden. Uh, it, it's not only sad, but it's it, it's really the next flag, the next person to take over, the next voice of football uh, to take over for a guy like John Madden and Pat Summerall. So uh, I wanted to – when we when we decided to, to figure out what monologue we wanted to come in on and, and talk about, it was John Madden because John Madden uh, really holds a special part of my life when it comes to football and what I – I remember when I first started watching football, him and Pat Summerall, mm-hmm. and uh, you know to to see these two guys pass away. Uh, in, you know, obviously, uh, like I said, Pat Summerall didn't have a long life. He he died mm-hmm. in I think in his sixties or his fifties, late fifties. Um, to, to 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 see a guy like John Madden over the last couple of years, uh, you know, really define the game of football and really define. The football video games, you know, and, and really taking football and video games and in, in sports to that next level. Mm-hmm. Uh He's not only a god on on the field, but he was god off the field as well. So yeah.
3: obviously, I'm not old enough to remember all the live broadcasts with with him. I remember him with Al Michaels later, but not with Summerall. But I did watch a lot who's of who's the... the
2: king of Sunday Night Football? Yeah,
3: Al Michaels. who is. Uh, I would, but I do remember watching a lot of the old Giants playoff games uh, just on YouTube and, like, different parts. And I always loved the passion he put. It seemed like every player had a unique thing with him. Like, it wasn't just, all right, this guy made a tackle. uh this running back got a first down. Like, there was always something he he either knew about the pl- player that was different or something that he had the, added the effect to it. And I feel like he was like that with the coach. It, you had to be like that with the coach, too, and the players he was on with, those very talented Raiders teams in the 70s and all that. So he always had his unique mark to everybody in that football community. It wasn't just one generic lo- football love. It's hitting everybody unique in their own way.
2: He really was. A very special voice when it came to football, and he really defines the game of football. And now that he passed away, uh, he left behind uh, a family. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know how many kids he had, uh, quite a few. I, I, I don't know. I haven't, I never looked up how many kids he, but he, I know he had a few kids. And uh, just who he was as a football coach and who he, uh, as a football voice, uh, may he rest in peace, uh, John Madden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl also
3: comments the same thing. Rest in peace, John Madden.
2: Absolutely. So um, now that we got John Madden uh, and we gave him uh, the rifle air of the beginning of our show, I want to get into some football conversation. A lot of this show is going to be a, a, around football. College football, we'll, we'll talk about the championship games, uh, which are coming up on Friday. Yep. Michigan, obviously, versus Georgia. Alabama versus uh, a team that nobody would have thought would be here before the season started, Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, A quarterback uh, in Cincinnati that could uh, very much be one of the top uh, quarterbacks drafted in this year's draft. Uh, Sensational runner. Reminds me of a Lamar Jackson. I think a better Lamar Jackson, actually. Uh, I don't know how he's going to fit in the NFL and who's going to fit him. And they're going to have to change their style of offense through his type of game because he's more – Run first, throw second. But his accuracy—he's uh, proven that he can throw with accurate, uh, you know, accurate, uh, accurate Ability. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he has the type of arm like a Trevor Lawrence or a Zach Wilson or any of the quarterbacks that came out of uh, this past year's draft class. Uh, but uh, this is not a quarterback draft class. This isn't. Um, but what I what we have seen over the years is when we we've talked about these draft classes that were non. Quarterback draft classes, they wind up quarterback draft classes. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised that two or three of these quarterbacks become top end quarterbacks in the NFL. I really wouldn't, Speedy. Uh,
3: by the way, uh, but by the way, before I make my point, uh, John Madden did have two sons, Joseph and Michael.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of resembles as well the college football season too, when a lot of these top teams weren't quarterback driven either, mm-hmm. outside of Ohio State. At Alabama, which had nice quarterbacks. Michigan has a solid quarterback, but it's not really the special part of the team. That is a running and defense team for the most part. And Georgia, they've been rotating quarterbacks. They have talented quarterbacks, but JT Daniels, does he play? Does he not? Then Stetson Bennett plays. So it's, again, a team not really driven by that. And Cincinnati, while they do have Desmond Ritter, who is a nice prospect as a whole, they also have a lot of talent elsewhere, too. They have one of the best def- defenses for the last 5 years in college football they have a, a bunch of good receivers and tight ends too they're always known for their tight ends and they've made they've made that kind of thing work in that kind of system too even a team like Notre Dame that was just short of the playoff this year they're not really a quarterback driven team so the this kind of wacky college football year kind of benefits those teams that built the other things and while Alabama does have the Heisman trophy winner and Bryce Young while Cincinnati does have a Good quarterback in Desmond Ritter. And I think Georgia does, too, with JT Daniels if he does play. He is a good quarterback. It's not the focal points of their teams like it used to be, which is a weird thing to think in a passing league, in, even in college football, the way it's transformed, that now it's kind of the counterculture type
2: year. And this this year, when we, we mentioned quarterbacks in this class, a lot of people think Kenny Pickett could be the best quarterback in this draft class uh, from Pitt. Uh, a lot of people think that there are two or three really te- – really uh, and good NFL teams that might be interested in the middle of the pack of the draft, maybe at fifteen or fourteen. If he lasts that long, he could be a top ten draft pick if a team moves up for him. Uh, but I think Den- Desmond Ritter really stands out as the quarterback of this class. And the reason why is we've we've heard this from uh, obviously other quarterbacks over the years. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Nobody thought that Deshaun Watson was going to make it in this NFL. Uh, in his NFL career, obviously his on uh, you know his off the field situation it hasn't helped. But uh, to me, what we remember and what we know about uh, Deshaun Watson is he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, one of the top five quarterbacks in the in the league, and. I remember when he was going to get drafted, everybody's, everybody was saying that he wouldn't fit the NFL game. He's more of a run first, throw second quarterback. But if you saw what he did in the national title games, back-to-back national title games, have we ever seen a better quarterback in a national title game back-to-back years? And the answer is no. And I don't care what anybody says. I don't want to hear about the Matt Leinerts of the world. They didn't play like Deshaun Watson did for Clemson. And again... This last year's class, everybody was talking about the class where we would talk about, you know, the Justin Fields of the world, the Zach Wilsons, the Trevor Lawrence's. This class doesn't really stand out as a top class with Kenny Pickett and Desmond Ritter and Matt Coral. Okay, this isn't the class, but right. these are the type of classes that really stand out in the long run because this could be a good class of quarterbacks. We just don't realize how talented these quarterbacks are and how defined they're going to be when they make it to the NFL, Speedy.
3: So you wonder the as well, too, if that's the challenge of these other quarterbacks that they're going to have to overcome, not coming from those big schools necessarily. Now, there's always going to be quarterbacks that don't come from big schools, and they're going to have their different types of mindsets and maybe that chip on their shoulder that we've seen certain small school quarterbacks have but still the last 3 years prior prior to this year the top college football playoff teams, and even the teams maybe just behind there, too, a lot of them were quarterback-driven. Now you're seeing Kenny Pickett, who came from Pitt. They had a nice year winning the ACC this year, but it's still not – the ACC one was down this year, too. It's just, it's still not something you would say, all right, this is a guy with a loaded roster. Corral was a guy who came out of nowhere for Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin offense, mm. and did well against some good good teams. But did
2: you, That was the word. That was the name that stood out, Lane Kiffin, okay? If anybody believes that this type of quarterback is going to make it to the NFL, Let's just go reach out to Lane Kiffin, give him a phone call. Uh, he likes to uh, put himself at center stage. Ask the Oakland Raiders; he's very good at that. And oh yes, the, else Oakland, he the Oakland
3: Raiders <laughs> that, when, that when Lane Kiffin was coaching had Marcus Russell. Oh yeah, that's that's a great expertise to have. But yeah, Corral somebody that I think got a little a lot of hype in the beginning yeah, of it, and then kind of kind of died out in the middle of the season where he was still putting up good numbers. I thought I think his abilities can be good, but I still it's kind of that like you had a stretch run and I just don't know how developed he really is he might be good but it's tough to tell I think when it comes to knowledge of the game in terms of spreading the ball around nicely Ritter really has the compliments of everything and yeah he might still he might have still Lamar Jackson like flaws in him I think he's better you, I, I think, he's, think a he's a better all-around quarterback. I think he's yeah. still
2: he's still still
3: raw in some areas. They're where... all raw when they come into the
2: NFL. Sam Darnold, I, I, I'm one of those guys that thought Sam Darnold was going to develop in the league. He's been a complete bust. And I wasn't
3: the biggest Lamar
2: Jackson fan either. You were still. a Sam Darnold fan. So I was. was I. I was, yeah. And we were both Josh Rosen fans. Yep. He didn't really mm-hmm. succeed in the NFL. Right. And then there are quarterbacks that we thought weren't going to succeed have succeeded. And Lamar Jackson, if you say whatever you want, he's won an MVP. He has succeeded in the NFL. Now, hasn't it succeeded in the, obviously, the playoffs, but either is no. Josh Allen and, and some of these quarterbacks that have come into the league. So, again, the development takes three years and we, we talk about what these kids could be and what these kids should be, but we don't know what they're going to be. As far as the championship games, and we'll get more into this after we talk to uh, Brett Siegel, a little NBA conversation, but... To me, these two games are very, very important to where football is heading when it comes to the national championship. Because in a couple of years, there'll be six or eight teams going into mm-hmm. these playoff, playoff runs. And I think eventually 16 teams will be trying to play for that, that, that big trophy. Over the years, it was one game, one, right. one game two teams, and a championship. So it, it, it's so interesting the way college football is moving. Now you have players making money. Bryce... Bryce Young made over a million dollars in his, it, it, what, is he a freshman this year? He's
3: a, he, he's a sophomore this so, year. I'm sorry, was, a sophomore. He was on the roster. A million
2: and a half dollars.
3: Mac Jones beat him out as a starting job last year, This, but he's a first-time starter. Got a million dollars already. Won a Heisman, so he's going to get even more money from the endorsements from there. And now, yeah, now he's gonna he's going to flourish based on that. And Cincinnati as well. Especially with an expanded playoff. Now open, an, an open the door for these other group of five Absolutely. teams too with these expansions. Now they're going to be in the Big 12 probably by the time that happens. But other group of five teams that might be in this place, they've opened the door for it.
2: Absolutely. When we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we will get into more college football after our special guest. We will be talking to NBA analyst, and network reporter, and insider Brett Siegel here on the Sports Mounts.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouse.
2: Ooh, a little method, man. I like this speed. All right. Your first track of the night, I give it an A+. Remember, this is the Sports Loud Mouse We are live every single Wednesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. at night. Remember, you can listen to our show every single week, 631-672-3108. Download our app by going iOS, WWSRN, or Android, World Wide Sports Radio Network. Check out our great articles, our blogs, all the stories that we put out, all the shows that we have around the country by checking out our website at uh, worldwidesportsradio.com. Well, our first guest of the day, Speedy, I was looking at our Twitter. Uh, I saw that we were getting him on. I, I. I read a little bit about this guy. Uh, Very, very interesting story behind uh, what he is doing right now with the NBA. We are now talking to NBA analyst, network reporter, insider, Brett Siegel. What's going on, Brett?
4: What's going on, guys? I'm doing well. And, again, a great night of basketball, even though some games are getting canceled by COVID protocols.
2: Oh, absolutely. There is a name that has been peeking out of, I guess you could say, the flat earth, okay? And and we all know who that is. Uh, The guy that we call here in New York the defined Kyrie Sir Irving, who is now peeking his way back into the NBA, uh, the COVID protocol, the vaccination. He spoke out to the Instagram followers um, and, and really apologizing, but he wants to follow his own beliefs. And he really, I, I, to me, I've re- I, I've never respected Kyrie Irving ever since he came from Duke. I'm a Duke fan. And then come to the NBA, the stuff that he has said, went to the Celtics, did all the stupid things that he's done, said all the stupid, th- stupid things that he said, and then admit that he said some stupid things and thrown himself under the bus. What are your thoughts? Obviously, you as an analyst, an NBA guy, when you heard Kyrie Irving was not going to play this year, and then all of a sudden, about a week ago, saying that he's starting to practice with the team and he should be on his way back. Uh, on the basketball floor?
4: Yeah, so the whole scenario is pretty wild. Uh, Kyrie Irving, if you ever get to meet him, he's one of the nicest guys that you'll ever meet. Definitely has some ideas that are out there, and we, like you talked about, I mean, from the flatter stuff to everything else. But Kyrie, at the beginning of the season, he thought he was going to play. He really did think that the COVID protocols weren't going to affect him being with the Nets. Unfortunately, New York City had their guidelines where Knicks and Nets players had to be vaccinated in order to play. And although it didn't necessarily pertain to away players, it's a questionable rule in itself with the away players who are unvaccinated. They can play, but Kyrie can't. Those were the rules. And so Irving hasn't played yet. And just I think it was last week or two weeks ago, uh, the news broke that he was back and the Nets are going to want him back after saying that he's not going to play at all this season until he gets vaccinated and then he entered the health and safety protocols, like pretty much everybody else on their roster. He's back at practice now. Kevin Durant and LaMarcus Aldridge, and I think there's a few more that came out of protocols recently. So they're getting their full team back. He's going to be back on the floor as soon as two weeks. If if uh, they look at practice and it's going to be a little bit longer, so be it. But they're not going to really rush him back. It's more of they want him because they're paying him all this money, and because he's an all star, and because he's one of the best point guards in the league. And just thinking about those three playing together on the floor together, I mean, we all pegged them the NBA champion at the beginning of the year just because of the talent margin compared to other teams in the league. And when you look at the Eastern Conference teams like the Bulls, the Heat, the Bucks, they all have those all-star trios in place. So getting Kyrie Irving back, even if it's for away games, it's going to be a really big deal for the Nets.
3: So are they the obvious favorites now with Kyrie Irving back if they do end up staying healthy? Because obviously last year in the playoffs, two of them weren't. Kind of, Durant really had to do everything for the Nets, and they still almost beat the Bucs. So does that make right. them the favorite and, right now? And or... Just yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah I mean looking at them right now I just wanted to
4: say is like James Harden is looking like the old James Harden that we knew he's not in that funk anymore and Kevin Durant being out may be great for him in terms of getting back to who he was so those two playing great on their own make them a legit championship contender but I mean when you look at the Eastern Conference as a whole it's loaded this year the Bulls the Bucks, the Heat even somebody like the Cavaliers I mean they just lost Ricky Rubio but they were on a roll and they look like a really strong defensive team in the East so there's there's so many teams I don't necessarily know if it's if the, if we should call them the clear-cut uh, Eastern Conference champion yet because there's so many good teams in that conference.
2: As you guys know, we are talking to NBA analyst, network reporter, and insider Brett Siegel. So, Brett, we talk about the Brooklyn Nets, and we talk about the, the Fab Three, whatever they call themselves, the, the Trisky Trio. I, I mean, these guys are fantastic. Obviously, we're talking about Kyrie Irving, and, and we talk about James Harden. And and to me, the MVP of the league is Kevin Durant. He has been the best player in the league. You look at his numbers offensively, rebounding-wise. He's averaging almost seven rebounds a game. And he's had the most assists he's ever had in his career in this season. He's really the full package playing defense. He's really the cornerstone of this defense. Who would have thought that Kevin Durant would be the cornerstone of his team's defense? What are your thoughts uh, of Kevin Durant this year? Is he the pure favorite of being the MVP this year.
4: It's a great story. Tore his Achilles not too long ago and he looked better than he did before tearing his Achilles, which you don't see in the NBA. You don't see in the MLB, the NFL, any sport really where a guy tears their Achilles and they come back looking if not the same, but better in Kevin Durant's case. So I think it's a great story for him. I've always been a Kevin Durant fan, love watching him play. And he's just got one of those shots that every time he shoots, it looks like it's going in. There's very few guys in NBA history that you can say that about. And we're witnessing greatness with him this year. Like you said, with what he's doing defensively, what he's doing on offense, is he the clear cut MVP? I don't know. I really see this as a four, maybe five man race right now. And it's really up in the air. I think you can throw Steph Curry in there just because of how good the Warriors have been, even though he, in his standards he may be having a down year statistically and then you look at the other three guys you have Giannis antetokounmpo who's looked fantastic when he's on the court and healthy you have nikola Jokic, who's having an arguably better season than he did last year with the nuggets granted they're short-handed with all the injuries they have and then i think you really do have to give some credit to demar Derozan with what he's done for the bulls this year he's leading them in scoring he's with him and zach Levine. they're the two the best duo in the nba scoring-wise And he's really elevated this Bulls team. They're in action right now against the Hawks. Last time I checked, they were up 20 in the second half, demolishing them. And right now they're second or third in the Eastern Conference standings. And they're a legit championship contender with Levine, DeRozan, and Vucevic. DeRozan obviously being that engine and the security blanket for them all season long. When they need a basket, they give the ball to him, and it's just like Kevin Durant. When the Nets need a basket, he goes to that mid-range, pulls up, hits it for the Nets. It's the same thing with the Rosen. So it, it, who will win the MVP this year? It's really going to depend on, A, who can stay healthy, and, B, what happens during the second half of the year. But, yeah, I mean, Durant is definitely up there right now. I have him and Curry as my 1A, 1B for MVP with the other three right behind them
2: in the race. Nobody shows Chris Paul any love, man. Nobody shows this guy any love. Everywhere he goes, he takes a, a bad team. OKC was one of the worst teams. He had nobody on that team. He, they were a fifth seed. They make it to the playoffs. He goes to Phoenix. They were, what, a 14th, 15th seed uh, in the Western Conference. He goes over there. They're the number one seed. They go to the finals, and he still doesn't get any love. I don't understand. But maybe he doesn't put 25, 28 points up, but he makes everybody around him better. He is, to me... The pure, again, favorite when it comes to best point guard in the NBA. There's nobody better than Chris Paul. I'm sorry, but I just don't know why nobody gives this guy as much credit on what he does on the court. It doesn't matter how old he is. He dominates the game by just sharing the ball around the field, uh, around the court.
4: Yeah, I agree with you. He's produced everywhere he's gone. Last year, led the Suns to the NBA Finals in his first season. And this year, he's averaging a double-double on the year. The only player averaging over 10 assists on the season. And granted, he's only averaging 14.5 points per game, which is probably the reason why he's not getting the love, because they're averaging upwards of 25, 26 points per game. But he's a definition of what a most valuable player is. You take Chris Paul off the Suns, Maybe they're still a good team with Devin Booker, but, I mean, we saw all those years where it was just the Devin Booker-led Suns. They didn't have that talent compared to other teams in the Western Conference, and they were a borderline playing team. We saw, even in the bubble, they went on that run. I think they went 8-0 and in the bubble in their eight games, failed to make the playoffs. But we saw a little bit of a glimpse of, hey, this team could be somewhat good. You put Chris Paul in the mix, now all of a sudden, this team can win a title. And they weren't far off from doing that last season. I mean, Giannis was godly in putting up video game-like numbers in the NBA Finals. But if the Suns, like Sarge, didn't get hurt in that series, it's a totally different series because DeAndre Ayton doesn't have to play 44, 45 minutes a game. And if they have a little bit more depth on the wing, they had a couple more shooters in the offseason like Landry Schammett and they have Alfred Payton as a backup guard now. All of a sudden this team's better than they were last season. And you have to give credit to Chris Paul because he has those guards playing great. Campaign was a guy that was out of the league playing overseas. They bring him in and he's been a fantastic backup behind Chris Paul. Devin Booker, a great player, all-star quality player before Chris Paul gets there. But now Chris Paul gets there and now Devin Booker's a better facilitator. He's more patient with the ball and that's not a coincidence. I mean, you have to give credit to Monty Williams as well who's done an excellent job coaching that team. But Chris Paul has his fingerprints all over that team. And it would not shock me if they make it back to the NBA finals this season because of him.
3: So one guy who has not played anywhere close to the best point guard in the league this season has been Kemba Walker Mm -hmm. and the Knicks now potentially could trade him. We've seen Tom Thibodeau bench him. Then he starts again. He goes off last week against the wizards, 44 point triple double. And Now, all of a sudden, the Knicks are playing a little better. He's playing a little better. So what would you do if you're the Knicks dealing with Kemba Walker? Would you give him more of a chance? Would you try to explore trading him now? And do you think this is who he is permanently off all these injuries?
4: Yes and no. I think it's a little bit of both. Kemba Walker, he's now, what, 30, 31 years old. So he's nearing that. That decline end of his career. Can he still be an impact player? Absolutely. But I think he's kind of approaching that route similar to what Derek Rose was after all those injuries, where he was with the Pistons and the Timberwolves, kind of started producing a little bit, went to the Knicks, and then he really found himself as that six man type of role, found a lot of success doing that. I think that could be Kemba Walker's role moving forward with the Knicks, though. They can't have both of them being in that role. They can't have Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker near the end of the season being in that role. Now with Derrick Rose out with that ankle injury, he's probably not going to be back until late February at the earliest. It's That's Kemba Walker's role now. He's going to be the starting point guard of this team unless they can get someone better on the trade market. He doesn't really hold much trade value right now, even though his contract's reasonably favorable around 8 to nine million over the next year and a half, two years if you count next full year. What will they do with him? Your guess is as good as mine. Could they get something for him? Maybe if they package another young player like uh, Quentin Grimes or Obi Toppin maybe even Kevin Knox could package him for someone like Terrence Ross from Orlando. But ultimately, he's probably going to remain on this roster, and they're just going to ride it out with what they have. And even tonight against the Pistons, that was a struggle. And The starters didn't do anything for them. It was all the bench uh, near the end of the game with Alec Burks and Emmanuel quickly. So Tom Thibodeau has his hands full, and this Knicks team looks like a completely different team than it did last year and even at the beginning of this season.
2: As you guys know, we are talking to NBA analyst, network reporter, insider Brett Siegel. So you were talking about the Knicks, and, and we are all Knicks fans. If if Tyler was here, all three of us are Knicks fans. But we all know what this team is and what they could have been this year. Uh, playing the defense that they were last year, I don't know what happened to this team. They added a little bit more offense with Fournier and Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker really hasn't really fit with this team. Even Fournier, in certain games, he doesn't really fit what this team is all about. Are you surprised? Even with Tom Thibodeau at these press conferences, he looks like he's going to have a, a, a heart attack or something or a stroke. Nice. Half the time, he looks like he's gotten older in, in one year. Uh, it, it's stressful as a Knicks fan. Are you surprised that this team really isn't as good as they were last year? And. Second question is, and I, I, I sound like Josh Silverberg. Maybe. Oh, the two-part question. The two-part question. Uh, <laughs> Julius Randle, who I'm not a big fan of. Uh, I just think he's very overrated. Uh, I know he took $116 million this offseason and really helps the Knicks maybe fit another star or two in the future to this team to make him a third option. Uh, do you think that this guy is a second or even first option to any other team in the NBA besides the Knicks?
4: First option, no, and I don't see Julius Randle being a first option moving forward in his career. He's a great player, and the all-star season last year was no fluke. I mean, he absolutely earned it, and he was the leader of this team. But when you look at how the Knicks are constructed, what they want to do is heavily predicated on the defensive end of the floor, and that just hasn't been them this year. They're 20th in the league in defensive rating. Maybe that will improve after tonight's game. I I think they held the Pistons to 85 points. Mm But I mean, this is a very average defensive looking team compared to what they were last year. Not very active on the perimeter defensively. And that's because of the signings that they made. Kemba Walker and Fournier both play on the perimeter. They're not good defensive players on the perimeter. Really. They've never been known to be good defensive players. And Reggie Bullock. I mean, he's a guy that's struggling this year in Dallas, but he gave it his all on the defensive end of the floor last year for the Knicks. And that's all they could ask from him. He was a role player. He played his role perfectly. And they're looking for that next guy to step up on the wing. They don't really have that this year. RG Barrett, If anything, he's progressed Mm. compared to last season. Julius Randle, again, another down season for him compared to what he did last year. I mean, we can't expect him to have that all-star season every single year. But, I mean, yeah, he can't really be that first option. So where do the Knicks go from here? Because they have cap space. They can open up a lot of cap space. They have some young assets. So I think this is a team that's really going to be going hard after another all-star. And we've been saying that for years. We've been saying the Knicks are going to go after another all-star player. Maybe it'll be Damian Lillard, maybe Russell Westbrook from a few seasons ago. That was the thought that they could bring him in. So I don't know who they're going to target really. I mean, they they can move around a bunch of pieces and they have some nice looking young pieces like Obi Top and Emmanuel quickly. So maybe they'll give them a chance. And they'll move on from some older players like Alec Burks or Kemba Walker. But, I mean, Burks, is he saved their season tonight with that win against the Pistons. So I I really don't know where they go from here. Leon Rose has done an excellent job with this organization. He knows what he's doing. So they're going to make a good move. They're going to bring in another player at some point over the next year to pair with Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Who that player is, though, your guess is as good as mine, right?
3: So a lot of those players that are being dangled at the trade deadline, we've heard Damian Lillard, we've heard C.J. McCollum, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, another one that's being brought up. You said Russell Westbrook already as being another one. Even somebody that's like not as talked about, like Devonta Sabonis too, is another one. So, um, do you see those? Do you see this being a more aggressive trade deadline? And where can you see some of these? What what teams can you see being the most aggressive for these types of guys?
4: Yeah, so I've actually talked to a couple agents around the league and one thing that really sticks out to me is one thing that they said is that we could see a trade tonight, but we may not see one for the until like the end of January. It's really up in the air right now because a the COVID protocols and all the players being in and out of health and safety protocols and B, because everybody's watching what's going to happen with three teams in particular. And that's the 76ers with Ben Simmons, the Portland Trailblazers and their potential rebuild. And then the Indiana Pacers, as Shams Charania reported a few weeks ago, that the Pacers were on the verge of a rebuild. And then their owner comes out and says, that's not true. We're not rebuilding. But this is a team that doesn't look anything like a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. So those three teams in particular are who the, the rest of the league is watching. And until one of those teams makes a move, we may see one or two small moves for role players, but we're not going to see stars or all stars on the move until one of those three teams make a move. And I mean, the best scenario that I can give you right now that could really get things going is if the 76ers Pacers and Portland all come together on a deal where Ben Simmons is on the move, guys like Turner from Indianapolis and uh, Karis Levert are also on the move and maybe even CJ McCollum. Damian Lowe is not going to be going anywhere. He's made that very clear and the interim GM up there, and the front office has made it very clear that he's not going to be going anywhere. So who will be on the move? Most likely C.J. McCollum if they are to make a big move. If they keep McCollum, it will most likely be guys like Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, but the Portland Trailblazers are a team That really does need to make some kind of a change because right now they're not a playoff team in the Western Conference. If they make the playoffs, they're nothing more than a team that could maybe sneak in a win in the first round if they even made a spot through the play-in tournament. So they're just a team on the decline along with the Indiana Pacers right
2: now. What is going on with the Lakers, Brad? I I mean, uh, LeBron James, he's playing good basketball. There's nothing, I almost said football because he looks like he can play good football too. Uh, But uh, I mean, LeBron James is playing good uh, basketball. There's really nothing bad to say about what he is doing. But this team, I mean, you brought Russell Westbrook in, you thought he was going to fit. Uh, with the speed coming up and down the court with LeBron James, nobody was going to be able to stop these two guys. Then you bring in Carmelo Anthony as a sixth or seventh man. Uh, he looked pretty good when LeBron wasn't in the lineup, but now he's just falling apart. He's the same old ball hogging Carmelo Anthony when he's on the court. <laughs> and then you have Davis, who we 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 all know what he is. We know what he, he is a top five player when he's on the top of his game. We know what he is. But he's really not playing that at his top of his game this year as well. So what is going on with this team? Is this team really as bad as what we've seen them be being this year?
4: Yeah, uh, the simple answer is yes. And bringing up Anthony Davis is a really good point. He His stats say he's having an average season. For him, he's having a down year. But this is a guy that just can't stay healthy. I think I ran the stats the other day and numbers on it. He's played in like 54 or 55% of his total games that he could have played as a Laker since getting there. And that's something that really sticks out for me because this is a guy that we're talking about. It's a top five, top 10 player in the NBA when he's healthy. And he just hasn't been able to stay healthy for this team other than when they won the championship in 2020 in the NBA bubble. Since then, he's been hurt in every single key moment for this team. And now with him not being back until maybe end of January, early February, we don't really know with that spring MCL. It all depends on how it heals and how he feels. But he could easily come back, tweak it again, and we're looking at him being out the rest of the season, just like last year. Uh, with all his injuries that piled up near the end of the season in the playoffs. So it's really LeBron James carrying them at this point, At 37 years old or 38, whatever he's turning in a few (laughs) days. I don't see how long he can put this up just because he's older now. And it is LeBron James. Yes. It's one of the top three, top four, maybe the best all time player of all of in NBA history, but can he really carry this team of injury riddled, and old players that have seen their time pass in the NBA. And to me, the answer is no. I, I don't see them being able to carry them, especially because Russell Westbrook just goes out there and yeah. it's a roller coaster ride watching Russ play. I mean, yeah. some nights it's throwing the ball up from the corner and hitting an inch of the backboard that nobody should ever be able to hit from the corner other nights. It's sinking a game winning shot. So you live and die by Russell Westbrook, if you're a Lakers fan, but they just don't have the pieces around LeBron James right now to be successful. They're not a good three point shooting team. They don't have any guys that can really score for themselves outside of James and maybe Russ from time to time. And with Davis being out, I just don't see how they're going to be able to survive this roller coaster ride. I mean, they'll most likely earn a playoff spot, but they have no cap space. They ate the poison pill with Russell Westbrook and they're just not going anywhere right now.
3: So we've seen over the years, LeBron has had taken some four seeds, some three seeds to the NBA Finals. And obviously being in the Eastern Conference, a lot easier to do that than in the West. But now, like you were saying earlier, the East has kind of closed the gap a little bit. There's more good teams in the Eastern Conference. and the West, they still have some good teams, but it's not as powerful as it used to be. So do you think they have to elevate their regular season seed in order to do well in the playoffs now? Or could you, could you still see LeBron, playoff LeBron, activate and say it? take a six-seed or something Lakers team and still do well?
4: Well, maybe they can get out of the first round if they're not the seven or eight-seed. The seven or eight-seed is not making it out of the Western Conference this year with the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. Those are two teams I think are going to be in the Western Conference finals. and We've seen them play three times this year. Every single game felt like it was Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals when they played, and we haven't even seen the Warriors at full strength when they get James Wiseman and Clay back. That's a scary thought to think about in the Western Conference alone. So those are my top two teams in the West. And then even a team like the Utah Jazz, everybody's sleeping on them this year. They're just a couple games back from the Warriors and the Suns in the West, and they've looked really good when Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Bogdanovich, Conley are all out on the floor and healthy. So that's another team that could potentially win a championship. So now we're looking at the Lakers – One, two, and three seeds, those are three teams that could make the Western Conference Finals. And if we're not counting the Lakers as a Western Conference Finals team right now, what seed can we put them at where they're going to make a run? Maybe they'll win their series as the four or five seed if they draw a team like the Mavericks or the Clippers or like the banged up Nuggets. But I don't really see this team putting up a fight against the Suns, Warriors, or even the Jazz for that matter. So can he carry them to the finals? Absolutely. We've seen it before. Do I think he will? No, I, I just don't think he will unless they are able to move Westbrook in some godly trade and get some amazing return. But there's no market for him across the NBA right now on the trade
2: front. We are talking to NBA analyst, network reporter, and insider Brett Siegel. Brett, I, I I think the game has completely changed. I remember the game. I'm 39. I'm going to be 40 this year coming up. And I remember the game as a defensive game when Jordan was playing, when Bird and Magic were playing. It was just a much more... Interesting game with Barkley throwing people in the third row. I, I mean, it was it was so fun to watch. Now the game is uh, if you put your finger on somebody, he's going to the line. He's going to shoot a million three free throws. And, uh, you know, if you're not a good free throw shooter, you're not going to make it. So, Shaquille, you're not going to fit the game now. Um, but now you're looking at the game, the three-point shot. And Steph Curry really changed the game Uh, You see all these different teams now, if you're not shooting 30 to 35 three-pointers a game, well, you're not going to compete and you're not going to win. Do you think Steph Curry coming into the league and, and what he has done to the league, do you think he's ruined the game? you think he's affected the game so bad where the game is just completely changed for the worst?
4: I don't think so. I think that it was inevitable that the three-point shot was going to change the league at some point, because even before Steph, you started seeing guys come into the league as really good three-point shooters. I mean, Ray Allen and Reggie Miller were great three-point shooters on their own, one and two all time before Steph Curry and made three-point shots, maybe a little bit ahead of their time. But then even guys like J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver, you look at the way they play, they were come off the screen, catch and shoot three-point shooters. And as teams started having success with those kind of guys, we started seeing guys expand their range. And even like when it was Kobe Bryant and LeBron James early on in their careers, those were more mid-range players get to the rim kind of guys. We started seeing them expand their range a little bit and get beyond the three-point range. And then we started seeing the Steph Curry's, the James Harden's, the Damian Lillard's come into the league and they completely changed the way that we look at the three-point shot now. I mean, if you give up a wide-open three and get to the rim and score, we're considering that a bad shot now because you had a chance to get three points compared to getting a hard twos, and the statistics back it up, and the game has changed. to such a, a more analytical approach to the numbers and the computers say that's a better shot, so that's what we're going to take. Now, in regards to Seth Curry, he's just a completely different anomaly because there's never going to be another player like Steph Curry. Could we see another guy reach 3000 career threes in his career? Absolutely. And just because of the volume of the three point shot on the league teams are taking 30, 40 threes. Now, maybe 10 years down the line, we'll start seeing that number expand to 50 or 60 threes a game. True and we'll difference. see another guy that's just coming in and jacking them up from deep. So Yeah, will we see another Steph Curry, absolutely not, with the way that he just makes six or seven threes a game with ease, and we just consider it a quiet 42-point night. (laughs) So, I mean, it's amazing to watch him play, and he's not done yet. He's still in the prime of his career, and that's the scary thing.
3: So one of the big differences, though, between when Steph Curry kind of started – Elevating that more, or in your case, you were saying Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, guys like that, and also today's basketballs. Now you're also seeing more big men that could shoot threes and wing type players, small forwards that could that are six foot seven, six foot eight, and even big men like Nikola Jokic that could shoot threes too. Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. Noms. So do you think that is the new norm that you're going to see, or do you think it'll eventually reverse back to more of the Steph Curry, James Harden, Damian Lillard's? It will be half and
4: half, and I think we're kind of seeing that in the NBA. There's some bruiser-like centers. I mean, you look at a guy like Joel Embiid, he can shoot from the three-point line, but he does a lot of his dirty work in the low post, and he just puts his back down, gets in the paint, and scores on every single possession. I've seen multiple times this year him closing out games because he does that instead of just living out on the three-point line. And then you have guys like Kristaps Porzingis, who are just more of three-point shooters by nature. That's the style of play for them, and Carl Anthony Talents plays more on the perimeter and then guys like Andre Drum and Joel Embiid, happen to be on the same team. Those are more bruiser-like centers. So I think right now we're seeing more of the three-point shooting big man. But as these guys start to come into the league, I mean, we look at a guy like Evan Mobley, for example. He can extend his range, but this guy is a beast in the low post and in the paint. And he's lengthy. In uh, he's got a seven, I think it's seven four, seven five, maybe even longer wingspan. So I mean, how do you block that guy's shot if he gets in the low post? And it's just guys like that. Very few of them coming into the league, but we're seeing more of those slim kind of shooter-esque kind of big men like Mobley and, um, like uh, Nikola Jokic in in a way where they can extend their range. So I, to answer your question, I think it's going to be a little bit of half and half moving
2: forward. Right, Evan Mobley to me is rookie of the year. I think he is the rookie of the year. He's been fantastic for the Cavaliers. And I think he's one of the main reasons why the Cavaliers are where they are right now. A yeah. Unbelievable season with the Cavaliers is doing. I would have never thought they would be where they are. Before we let you go, I, we've been talking about this guy for a very long time. It's been... The concept of a lot of our shows, and that's Ben Simmons, okay? I don't know what's going on with this guy. I don't know if he's having a nervous breakdown. I don't know if uh, having Kardashianitis. I I don't know what it is. Maybe it was because he was with the Kardashian. Uh, uh, Kendall. Uh, I mean, every one of these guys that ever date these Kardashians, they all go nuts James Harden did for a while, too, until he figured things out. Devin Booker's the only one who's overcome. <laughs> I don't understand that either, but, uh, you know, that, that, should be, that could end very soon, too. But. Well, James Harden,
3: James Harden also had that rapper guy that put a curse on him, too, or something like that.
2: <laughs> I mean, they go from NBA players to now, you know, people with tattoos. I mean, Pete Davidson, uh, Barker. I mean, what, what's up with these girls? But anyways, uh, let's get off that subject. Um, ben Simmons, where does he go? And what the heck is going on in this kid's head?
4: Yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons made it very clear in the offseason and near the beginning of the year he wanted no part of the 76ers. And quite honestly, I can't blame him. The 76ers really tarnished that relationship with him. I mean, just even after they lost that series, Doc Rivers was asked about if Ben Simmons can be a championship point guard. And his answer, instead of saying, we'll review everything in the offseason or we believe in Ben and just stand by your player, he said, I don't know, which opened up the door for the media to come in and create false narratives all over the place. And when you're Ben Simmons and you're seeing your name being dragged through the mud in Philadelphia and now the fan base hates you, why would you want to come back and play there? Especially when your head coach didn't back you when he should have after a series loss. That wasn't necessarily your fault. And I'm speaking of Ben Simmons. It wasn't necessarily his fault that they lost that series. So, I mean, where will he go? Who knows at this point? I mean, there's very few all-star talents available at the trade deadline. And Daryl Morey in that front office has made it very clear that they're not just going to trade Ben Simmons for a box of Cracker Jacks and a Popsicle stick. They want some really good talent in return. So, unless it's a C.J. McCollum or Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard aren't available. So, I mean, you're looking at C.J. McCollum or... Karis Laver and Jeremy Grant, maybe guys like that. But, I mean, they can keep dreaming about getting Beal and Jalen Brown. It's just not going to happen.
3: So, one bold prediction for the rest of the NBA season, either with a trade or something in the playoffs.
4: That's tough. There's just so many storylines going on in the NBA right now. I think we'll look at kind of the standings and we'll look at some of the underdogs. I mean, Cleveland just lost Ricky Rubio for the year with that torn ACL, but Darius Garland's having a quiet all-star season. And Like we mentioned with Evan Mobley, Jared Allen down low they have a really talented young team. I think that they're going to surprise a lot of people in the Eastern Conference this year. Maybe they won't win a first round playoff series, but bold prediction in the East. I really could see them possibly winning a first round playoff series. Maybe they pull an upset over a banged up Miami Heat team, or maybe they pull an upset over an inexperienced Chicago Bulls team in the playoffs. And then, when you look at the Western Conference, I'm just going to go back to that four seed, five seed area and look at the Memphis Grizzlies, what they've done this season. They're the second youngest team in the league, led by John Morant, who could be an all star, probably not because he missed some time with that knee sprain. But up and down that roster, they have depth, they play well together, and they just look like they're having fun. Taylor Jenkins has that team as one of the best defensive teams in the league, really well balanced on offense, and I think they have six or seven guys averaging double-digit scoring. So I think that's a team that we could see as one of the final four teams standing in the Western Conference this season.
2: Brett, before before we – ask you to tell all the fans how they can find you on social media. I see you have a jersey behind you with your last name on it. Are you a basketball player? Are you going to be drafted by the Cleveland Cavaliers? Are you a Cavaliers fan? Because that looks like a Cavaliers jersey.
4: It's a uh, Louisville basketball jersey. I all was right. a student manager at Louisville during my undergrad years there. But, no, my time is long gone, and I've graduated to the media route. So <laughs> we will not be seeing my name uh, be hung in the rafters anytime soon.
2: I'm a huge, I'm a huge Rick Pitino fan. So, uh, <laughs> huge, huge. I, I don't care what he's done, and. And the story is every single coach has done it in college basketball. I don't want to hear it anymore from anybody putting this guy Rick Pitino down because to me he's been a god for college basketball, not for the NBA and for the <laughs> Knicks, okay. But uh, as a college coach, he's really defined the game of basketball. Even
3: even last year with Iona, they they yeah. were hanging mm-hmm. tough with
2: Alabama in the tournament. Alabama right?
3: was a two seed mm-hmm. and one of the best teams in the nation. That that is a cool experience though, Brad. That you got to experience that. But, yeah, a lot absolutely. of good a lot of good Louisville teams too. I would imagine.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. So why don't you tell the fans how they can find you on social media?
4: Yeah, so it's at uh, Brett Siegel NBA on Twitter. And our website is NBAanalysis.net. We got you covered with everything from trade rumors around the league to daily news to what happened last night with LeBron and Steph Curry. Anything you'd want to know, it's at HoopAnalysisNet on Twitter, NBAanalysis.net. And with trade rumors swirling around the NBA and the trade deadline coming up in February, now's the time to get caught up on everything. So be sure to check us out at NBAanalysis.net for all your up-to-date news and info.
2: Well, Brett, we'll definitely get you on the show again. We love, we love all the analy- analysis that you gave us. I've been all over the place today. I mean, just thinking that the earth is flat like Kyrie Irving, maybe I'm going to start to believe that the earth is flat. Who was the other one that said uh, – uh, Steph Curry said that we'd never been on the moon? Steph Curry
3: I mean, said we never walked on the moon. <laughs> We're
2: these NBA players. Sha- from? Shaq know. at one point was actually agreeing with Kyrie Irving too. It was- <laughs> well, he's probably bigger than the moon. <laughs> <laughs> sure. His shoe is, that's for sure. Yes. Oh my god. By the god. way, by
3: the way, his shoe at, at one point was a Guinness World Record shoe and then it got, actually got broken. Oh. There's somebody else got a bigger <laughs> shoe. Some, I think somewhere in Africa or something like that. My
2: friend has a signed autograph sneaker of Shaquille O'Neal's shoe. So uh-huh. he got when he played. I think he played for Phoenix. The one year he played yes. in Phoenix. He has the Fe- his Phoenix shoe, and it's signed uh-huh. by Shaquille O'Neal. So it's really it's really cool. It's huge. It, it's, it really is a big <laughs> shoe. Um, Brett, thank you for joining us. We'll definitely get you on again. We really appreciate you joining us.
4: Absolutely. I appreciate you guys for having me.
2: As everybody knows, we were just talking to NBA analyst, network reporter, and insider Brett Siegel. Awesome. He really is awesome. Gave us some good inside information, not only with the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Knicks. We went with the Lakers. We went with Chicago. We completely covered everything with Brett. And very soon, in about a half an hour, we're going to have a lot of fun with this guy because there's a lot of jokes to be made with the 76ers, and we will have him on. We will be talking to painted lines NBA reporter and Sixers writer Austin Krell. I am interested to hear what he's got to say with his 76er team. And, yes, uh, if you listen to what Brett said about Doc Rivers, it doesn't seem like he's a big Doc Rivers fan <laughs> There
3: you go. You have your, you have your army.
2: <laughs> so, uh, he, he seems like he's a Ben Simmons fan. Uh, I mean, hey, listen. I think Ben Simmons could be a good player. I really do. If he figures out how to shoot, uh, I think he could shoot a three. I just don't think he could take the pressure at the three-point line, and that's why he passes the ball away and he doesn't really shoot it. You have to have confidence to shoot that three. And I think he has the ability to shoot that three. I've watched him play pickup games and he could shoot the three. Why can't he do it in an NBA game? That doesn't make any sense to me. I'll just read some
3: of the uh, comments that Carl put down Mm -hmm. during the interview. Uh, The old James Harden, does that mean he was punching guys in the junk back then? No, probably. (laughs) Bulls love. Snug likes the junk, right? Yes, I'm sure he does. Do you like the junk, Speedy? Yeah. Do you like your junk?
2: okay. You, you don't think it junk is—I don't have that much pride. Have in my you ever junk. actually went in front of a mirror and just looked at your junk? No. You've never like checked out your I've own. I've never junk? just like zoomed in on it for no reason. No, you just stand Unless in front of itchy. a mirror. <laughs> yeah, well, then not. So you're looking at your 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 junk because it's itchy. Well, if it was, but that was that, that would have been the. Then old you guys. have crabs or something. I, I mean, if you're gonna no, I never gotten the... pinched by a crab since like 2006. I'm not but... talking about a crab. Cra... Never mind. But. Uh, Anyways, you've never actually stood in front of a nice mirror and no, looked at your junk. No, you've never done that. No. Why? I don't care enough about my junk. I don't have that much pride of my junk. Ah uh, well, I you should. I mean, I, I I know you need to shave in certain areas to really show that that amazing size, but you have to, you know, you know, cherish the 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 special, you know, the special thing your mother gave you. Okay.
3: Carl says, "Wow, calling them a contender, and they have had a lot of COVID issues. Easier for the Knicks to this year." Either easier to prepare for the Knicks this year as an opponent. Uh, he loved the two-part question too. <laughs> ah, it was, uh,
2: I had, to, I had to a tribute up. to Josh. It Was
3: a tribute to Josh. It was
2: perfect. perfect.
3: Uh, not not an aggressive de- deadline. Lost year with COVID, <laughs> so teams will stand pat with what they have. With like 500 plus players having suited up, it is crazy. Lavert, my guy. <laughs> the Lakers missing Alex Caruso. Uh, the Mavs just signed Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Goodness, mm-hmm. a popsicle stick could still make more threes than Ben Simmons. <laughs> Louisville, <laughs> damn, did he participate in the patino parties? I would have. <laughs> ben Simmons has a better chance of be hitting the moon with a three-pointer. <laughs> uh, if Curry thought Simmons Snug says, Curry, if Curry start Simmons to shimmy, he would have his game on. Well, his brother plays for the Sixer, so maybe they could have learned from that. That would be good. <laughs> Speedy just says his, he doesn't have much pride in his junk. Come on, Speedy. Stark says, if you have crabs, you pour gasoline on them. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, your, your girlfriend chimes in. Your, it's okay. He says, LMA, well, M, LMAO Speedy, I don't even have, do, have to zoom in on that. Stark says, manscaping is the way to repeat visits. And I imagine Earl has a unicorn shaved and his man <laughs>
2: Well, if I did, I'm sure you would want to see it, Snug. Jesus. Oh, Snug's ready for that. I'm sure he is. If anything with unicorns or cats, he would love to look at it. Disgusting, Snug. You really are. Isn't Snug, was it Snug or was it one of our other fans that he lost a bet and he had to he had to paint something on his butt or something like that. I I made him paint it and post it up on Twitter. I don't know if it was snug. No, or I don't that.
3: think it was snug. Yeah, it was. It was one of the other Periscope guys. I don't remember off the top of my head or a caller. It, it, it was. It was. Yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember who the person was. You really've never looked in a mirror and actually
2: looked. At you. I haven't like because that would I have to like what climb the sink to do that. You know what <laughs> I want you to do? I want you to do like one of those like. you ever, you ever see like these pictures? People take a picture of themselves in the mirror. I, and they put something over, like they, they put like an X around it so you don't see the pri- private area. I think what would really, really be funny for the fans is you stand in front with your dog like behind you, like his tail wiggling behind you. Take a picture of you butt ass naked taking a picture of your junk. What do you think about that? If my dog encounters me naked again, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite creepy. Why would you? So he's never seen you naked since the time he licked you in the ass. No, I lock the door when I'm in the bathroom. Oh, so you got you got startled now that you don't... I wasn't in the bathroom. I was in my so, brother's but st- room. But you're startled now that you would never do that. You never undress in front of your door. Well, his door.
3: room now does have a lock,
2: thankfully. <laughs> I actually I actually was... Um,
3: I forget if it was Christmas Eve or the day before Christmas Eve. I actually was going to sleep up there cause, uh, because my... My my, Ryan was kind of not feeling great at the time, and then I, so I was going to sleep up there. They had everything prepped for me, and
2: he locked the door on me. <laughs> I, obviously, not on purpose, but you know what I would like to see is like both all four of your brothers, counting you because you're four, right? Yeah. Pull down your pants and have your dog, you know, smell all of your asses and see which one he licked first. Who do you think he licked first? One of the, uh... one out of the four. Who do you think? Uh... <laughs> oh, that is he's thinking, I mean, ladies and gentlemen. That is, I have no idea, but yeah, probably th- yours because it knows probably
3: would be mine, just because he likes to. Yeah. He, he, he likes he, your smell. He really wants attention all the time, and, and you if, give him the attention. Yeah, if my pants were hypothetically down, would you lick yeah. his ass?
2: No, I, but the attention, really, you know, you give the dog I attention. Would not, you wouldn't do I it. Would, I would not lick his ass.
3: I But he licked your ass. Okay, I don't know. One, I have no desire to lick a dog. And two, I don't know if that would be a sensitive thing for him. So,
2: so it wouldn't be sensitive that he, if, if it came down to all four of you and he chose you, you wouldn't feel some kind of happiness that your dog picked you out of all your brother's asses? No.
3: Why? One, I'm not selective. Two, I would not take pride in winning that
2: competition. I think it would be a great competition between all three of you guys. I mean four of you guys counting you. I mean, and you're the oldest one, so you okay. know, you've got the oldest smell, the oldest stench. Okay. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, should we? Maybe we should ask your mom. Call your mom up. Put her on. the is not happening. Why? Why? I'm not exposing my mom to this nonsense. I, I think it would be a great conversation. I'm not mom.
3: exposing my mom to this nonsense.
2: But she's she's the one who gave birth to all four. I of don't. You. Yeah, and she doesn't care about this nonsense. But I think it's a great question for you and your mom to answer yeah. the question. She is not knowing about any of this. Yeah. As everybody knows, at ten thirty we'll be talking to Painted Lines NBA reporter and Sixers writer Austin Krell. Oh,
3: Carl comments, Speedy, no pride Wednesdays. (laughs) Goodness,
2: I like that.
3: (laughs) Yes, I don't have pride of my my weird parts of my body.
2: Thank you. How do you not have pride in your junk? It is yours. Okay. It's a gift from God. Okay. He gave glad, you something. I'm glad it's functional. Is, is it functional? Have you functionally used it? Yes. to pee. Uh, <laughs> Luckily, I've had no infections. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Speedy, for all that information.
3: Carl Carl says she is an expert, Speedy. She had to smell all your asses for years. That's
2: right. Yeah, okay. She had to wipe your asses, too. Okay. Now that we're capable of doing it ourselves, she doesn't have to do it. So your dog could do it for you. You don't have to even wipe your ass anymore. Your dog could, you know, give it. I would a nice, hope that situation
3: nice doesn't get ha- doesn't happen where a situation where my pants would be down to be in the same room as my dog and or outside because uh-huh. I guess that would be free range, but
2: <laughs> free range. <laughs> but
3: I would hope that situation would not come about.
2: Oh well. You know what your mom needs to do? She needs to let you guys climb a ladder naked and see, you know, you know, uh, you know everything else, you know? What do you think? I'm sure she would get startled. Well, I'm startled with you, okay? I'm but, startled with this whole conversation. Well, anyways, uh, let, let's. We have a little bit more time. We have 15 more minutes before our second guest of our show. Uh, no, Tyler Harrison. I'm sure everybody's jumping for joy. I wonder how Tyler would feel in this conversation. What, what do you think? Tyler... Oh, he'd be encouraging
3: like you.
4: Uh,
2: well, but let me ask you a question. You think Tyler takes a picture of his junk? He likes taking pictures of himself. I wouldn't surprise me. Uh, you think he'd be taking pictures of his junk? I... Like, if you were to choose between you and Tyler, who who would have the bigger junk? You or him? Now, just take a guess here. Yeah, probably him. You you think he has bigger junk probably than you? Probably him. Why? Though. Why would you think that he has a bigger junk than you? Because mine's
3: probably average.
2: So average. It's... So uh, what makes you
3: think that his isn't? I mean,
2: the guy's got barely any hair on the top of his head.
3: Yeah, and as Jeff reiterates many times when he's on the phone, and... you got
2: to give yourself confidence, Speedy. Confidence. What? So when I ask you a again, question that like that, it's not a
3: competition. I don't care if I win. If or I ask you a
2: question like that, you should be answering me. I have the bigger junk. Yeah, Why would again, you ever put that's yourself down? taking too much pride in your junk? <laughs> eh, well, by the way, uh, Speedy at least lies, laughing my ass off.
3: Carl says better uh, chance Tyler gaining hair with Rogaine or Ben Simmons hitting two threes in a season. <laughs> Probably Ben Simmons. Uh, Slug also says, while well, I have never ever wondered if Tyler Speedy. Have the larger junk. Uh, that's
2: a good question. I, yeah, I and
3: mean, I'll be wondering for a while, Snog. I
2: don't know if it would be wonder. I think there should be some kind of competition between you and him. I really do. I think it would be great for the show and, and, and getting a, a good answer from that. I mean, whenever I ask you a question like that from now on, give yourself some confidence. I do. You know, don't give Tyler all the credit. Tyler's sitting home, you know, so, trying to but keep his the hair. what's big deal if he has bigger junk? It, it, it's a very big deal. It's a very, very big deal. So it, you want a meaningless statistic. How could you say that your junk isn't bigger? And how could you say that you won't and you don't want your junk bigger than Tyler? Because
3: it's a meaningless statistic. It, it's not meaningless. As long as
2: it's functional, I don't care. Oh, uh, how do you know it's functional when you haven't even used it? Because I haven't gotten an infection. Uh, well I've so, had to come off a any time. So, so because you haven't used it and you don't have an infection, it doesn't mean that it should be That used. means it's active. It works fine. No, There's no not, medical n- issues. N- no, it's not active. That's all yes. I care about. You have to you gotta use it for it to be active, okay? Just so you know. Okay. not Yeah, it's not it's not where I can't. Use it if
3: I didn't want to. It's not diseased or anything like that. I didn't ask it if it was. Okay, disease. that's all I'm worried about. Uh, okay.
2: You better be careful with your dog. You might get a disease from him. Yeah, your I ass. know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyways, uh, getting back into some college football.
3: <laughs> yes, Carl, we're going to talk about your Michigan Wolverines. So you might want to stop stop making these comments to extend that conversation. <laughs>
2: Uh these two big these are really really big games on Friday. They they really are. And I can't wait. The game that I really want to see is the Michigan Wolverines versus the Georgia Bulldogs because I think whoever wins that game is going to win the national championship because I have a feeling that this Cincinnati team is going to play really really hard against the Alabama Crimson Tide. I I really do believe it. And Alabama has deficiencies in their game. They're not as good as they've been the last couple of years. And defensively, as good as they've looked in certain aspects of their game in certain games this year, they're not as good as they have been over the years. So, I mean, Speedy, do you... Do you think there's a possibility that Cincinnati could shock the world and knock off the Alabama Crimson Tide? It would be
3: very hard for them to knock it off. Could they play close? Yes. I think they could definitely win some matchups because Alabama secondaries had their issues this year, and Cincinnati has a nice group of wide receivers and a good variety of different types too. Tight ends have always been their main focal point, but they have receiving depth that can make that kind of thing work. And also Alabama over the years has had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. So if they game plan properly where they could get Desmond Ritter rolling out a lot – Away from that defensive line, then they can make that kind of thing work, where they could be the more creative team in that sense. And Alabama also now having a lot of receivers out with COVID, they had uh, they had an injury with Jamison Williams in their in the SEC title game. They still were able to overcome and win against Georgia. But how much how healthy will they be if they end up playing? And Jamison Williams is their best wide receiver and is going to be a, potentially a draft pick this year. So will that kind of thing factor into an Alabama matchup where they're kind of shorthanded in certain ways? And they've kind of been that way this year, not necessarily talent-wise, because they always have an abundance of talent, but their strengths are in a lot of the same areas. So if Cincinnati can out-coach them and be creative and see something they haven't seen yet, where the lack lack of familiarity could be on their side, they could definitely keep it close. Will they actually win the game? It would take a lot in order for that to happen. Maybe more injuries to come into Alabama, maybe if more guys are out with covid with that, it would really take a, a tough one for to actually win. Now, I do agree with you that Georgia or Michigan could, because Michigan, I think, is an interesting one, because if them and Georgia have very similar strengths. So if they could beat Georgia at their own game, it'll be interesting to see Alabama and Georgia playing close. And also, with the With the tragedies that went on in Michigan, it seemed Mm -hmm. like they were playing very inspired for a while. The way they played against Ohio State, Mm -hmm. they had a blowout win the next week in the Big Ten Championship game. Maybe it's a team of destiny type thing for Michigan. They knock off Georgia, who's a consensus number one or number two team to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Historically good defense. And they play strength on strength with that kind of thing. It'll prove a lot about Michigan where they're at. So I actually can see that kind of thing if Michigan knocks off Georgia. I don't think they will, but I think if they do... You could. It'll prove a lot about them.
2: So you're predicting it's Alabama, Georgia in the national championship.
3: I do, and I think I think Georgia would get revenge in that case because I don't think Alabama beats them twice.
2: You know, it's so interesting because you know names like uh, and we we've, we've been talking about crazy names in college football. Kool Aid McKinstry. I mean, yes. who, who doesn't have a better name than that? Yep. I mean, I, obviously. Uh, Jameson Williams and, and John Mechie. Uh, the, there are a lot of good players in this ga- this game coming up against the Cincinnati team with Riddle, uh, uh, Ritter. Ritter. R- Ritter, I'm sorry. The quarterback from Cincinnati who I think is going to be uh, I, a, th- a first round talent. I don't know where he's going to be drafted in the first round, but we saw Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson got drafted at 30 uh, at the end of the first round. And he's To me, besides Josh Allen, he's been the best quarterback in that draft class. He really has been. Yeah. So uh, you look at This draft class, and you talk about – look at all the – when you talk about the Georgia Bulldogs and even this Alabama Crimson Tide, you're going to see at least three or four from each team getting drafted in the first round with, obviously, Hutchinson, who is the big name, Uh, A lot of people think the number one predominant uh, first-round draft pick in this year's draft class, um, if he comes out strong and gets two or three sacks in this game, this big game against the Georgia Bulldogs and leads his team all the way to the national championship, I mean, uh, he really puts his stock up even higher. So I I think when you look at this college, this is going to be fun because this is the first time I'm actually watching these two big games. the, The day before, uh, obviously, New Year's Day. It's usually on New Year's Day, mm-hmm. not New Year's Eve. Uh, it's very interesting. Why would they would put on New Year's Eve with everything going on? Uh, I guess because they think people are going to be home with COVID nineteen, so it, it's a good way of just getting people more involved to watch college football. It might be a big day to watch mm-hmm. college football. Yeah,
3: it's their it's their highlight. Like the NBA has the Christmas, the NFL has the Thanksgiving. Well, college football is Thanksgiving too because that's when a lot of the it's usually games are, it's but, usually but,
2: yeah. every year. It's it's New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. It's not New Year's Eve, and I think it has a lot to do with the COVID nineteen situation. I think that's what college college football is trying to do is trying to keep people home, sitting home, and watching the football games on New Year's Eve instead of New Year's Day. So I, I think that you, you talk about Bryce Young. There's a lot of stars in these games, and a, a lot oh, yeah. of guys that really are going to stick out in these uh, in these uh, these four teams in these two games. But the, the real stars are the ones, the game changers, the game breakers. And I think the fact that Bryce Young is a game breaker, um, the Hutchinsons of the world, the uh, – Will Anderson for Alabama is yes, their Will pass Anderson, rusher. Yes, yeah. so uh, Will Anderson's going to be – is he, is he going to be in the draft I don't year? think he's this year. No, it's next year. Yeah. Who's going to be a top ten pick next year? So, mm-hmm. I, I he, think- in,
3: in Heisman rankings, he was in the top ten. As was the interior defensive tackle, uh, Jordan Davis for Georgia, was also in that mix too. So, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good defensive players in this in this group of games and. It'll be interesting in terms of team 15, I didn't know he
2: had 15 and a half sacks this yeah. year.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, he was he was monstrous. Uh, his run defense. Say that
2: again. Monstrous. Yeah, monstrous. Yes. How about this? Is your junk monstrous? Say it. Monstrous. Monstrous. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna name your junk monster. Okay. Sure. Can we, can we name a monster? Congratulations. All right. Junk Say it say, name. it. say it. Monstrous. Monstrous. Uh, is your junk monstrous? Monstrous. Okay. Say it with some enthusiasm. I don't have that much enthusiasm about my junk. Uh, well, you better. I like the word monstrous. That's All right. fine. All right. So could your junk be monstrous? Comparatively, no. But... No, what do you mean? You just... I just told you. You cannot sit here right next to Tyler Every single show, for now on, Wednesdays and Thursdays, and, and and let him think that he's better than you at anything. So when I tell you how and what is your junk, give I you will pick work. my battles. I'm not going to win. I don't care enough to win about my junk size. You should. You should. It's uh, very important. Very important. All right. Well, if you have a battle of junk size at any point, very important, Carl, then you can take pride in All right. the fans that are listening to us right now, uh, If you if you really believe in how important your junk size is, please post it all over social media and ask everybody uh, if it was down to any parts of your body on what you want to be bigger. What body part would you want to be bigger? And I will tell you this. I would say 98.9% of the guys will tell you they're junk. Okay? So, when we sit next to Tyler, what are we going to call your junk? Monstrous. That's right. That's right. Monstrous Junk by Speedy Petey. Uh yeah.
3: Carl, I'm trying to I'm trying to talk about your Michigan Wolverines. We're back to my junk
2: again. Uh Speedy has spent no time with locker room talk. Dang. I'll post my biggest cupcake size. That that's That's good. I I didn't get any cupcakes or gifts this Christmas, Snuggy Wuggy. I do have a gift for you, Snug. I I, I have something for you. But, uh, yes, I I definitely got to send it. A Snug gift. Yeah, a Snug gift. I, I had one from last year. I never sent it to him, by the way. I, I, I felt, what are you I feel gonna, what
3: are you? What is it? With bad. your shirts? You're going to make, no, gonna no make shirt, something like no his? No shirt.
2: I had something else for him. Oh, I actually never sent it to him, so mm. I'm sure he's pissed off at me, so he never sent me a gift like he usually does. <laughs> so uh, Shirts that I never wear, by the way. My, but Brittany likes to wear them. She's a big fan of your shirts, Doug. Uh, I'm not, because yeah, pink and weird colors and rainbows and stuff like that. I don't understand it, Speedy. I think Speedy would love a rainbow on his shirt, Speedy. Yeah, they're fine. I how mean, about unicorns? I'm, I'm, eh, okay. How about a how about a you know a picture of you like in a cartoon character, uh, you know, hanging from the rafters in your underwear and your dog licking your ass. What do you no, think? You wouldn't like that. We'd not put that on a shirt. Why not? I would not wear that proudly. I would wear it proudly. Okay. Uh, Carl says next. Ye- uh, Errol, next year, produce all access passes during Speedy's holiday season. I definitely have to. <laughs> Monstrous. So it says
3: you wear the unicorn to the gym. You know what you do. <laughs>
2: Carl says three part miniseries. That that would be a three part miniseries. It would be an interesting miniseries with you in it, especially with your dog, your family, and Tyler Harrison, the bold, uh, the bold ass wonder. <laughs> I haven't heard Jeff. Jeff's probably hiding behind somewhere. I mean, I, he's usually, probably still in Rhode Island. I would imagine. He, no, he's not. he's, oh, he's on. not. Oh, no, right. it, there was something going on. Uh, That he had to fly back, and that's why that that Tyler Harrison and, um, obviously, uh, the Jeff fight never happened. Oh, that's
3: right. That was supposed to be, like, three weeks ago.
2: It never happened. (laughs) I forgot
3: about that completely.
2: But that's not Jeff's fault. I blame Tyler for that. Because if Tyler really wanted it, uh, it would have happened, no matter what. He was here for a week, week and a half. Uh, Tyler wanted no part of Jeff, I don't think. I really don't, even though Jeff likes to brag about it. By the way, Jeff, uh, I'm down to three games catching up to you, buddy. And and I think this week, this is the week that we completely self-destruct for you. That's what we do. We demolish you this week and take over the lead. How many weeks do we have left? Two uh, right? well,
3: two regular season, and then we'll yes. get, we could do we could do it into the playoffs too. That's right. Two weeks. So
2: I got two more weeks to catch up to Jeff, and I'm three behind him. I'm gonna catch him. I'm gonna catch him. I'm gonna beat him.
3: Uh, Snuck says I'm in for Speedy's holiday extravaganza. No, I am too. Carl says Jeff is working a parlay, and mm. Tyler
2: balked on that fight. <laughs> <laughs> he did balk on that fight. Oh man, what! What a week, I mean seriously, of just craziness, not only with the holidays, and, and we're not even done. We have New Year's Eve right around the corner, and uh, Speedy is going to be trying on his uh, New Year's underwear that his mom bought him for Christmas, right? right. I already, I'm already
3: wearing it. So, uh, I, No, 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 but you got to wear it. I, I like, tried them on yesterday. To- uh, do they
2: fit? Yeah, are they like tighty whities? No. What are they? What do they like? Boxer briefs. Boxer briefs. Do You like boxer briefs? Do you like them when they squeeze the inner thigh? What do you, What do you like about boxer briefs? They're not too tight. They're not too. Hold on one second. So you don't wear boxer briefs that are tight around your legs. Not really. So it's so they're loose.
3: They're in between.
2: They're in between. So so you know. So so what is the point of wearing boxer briefs? You might as well get boxer shorts. If you if you no, know I don't like pipe. it that loose though because then it gets cold. Oh, it gets cold over there sometimes. Then, so. Well, yeah, but, but you don't do anything over there, so it doesn't even matter if it's cold yeah, or not. I still, I still feel cold if I'm changing. So like how, hold on one second. It, I'm not asking you when you're walking around your house naked. I'm talking about when you have I, your underwear. I rarely walk around my house naked, but okay. <laughs> you live with your grandmother, so <laughs> I hope you don't. You'll scare you scare the hell out of your grandmother. Yeah, she'll I never know. want to see you again. I know. I don't. I don't. I hope I, that doesn't happen either. <laughs> what? That you, your grandmother sees you? She naked? saw you when you were a baby. Okay. Again, well, different times. That's not a... <laughs> different times. <laughs> Speedy and his grandmother. I. I, you know, that would be a great sight, you know? Scramble <laughs> see him get out of the well, shower. she'd be traumatized, Air too, just like I tend <laughs> to be with these kinds of things. What a show tonight. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we'll be talking to our second guest. We will be talking to Painted Lines NBA reporter and Sixers writer, Austin Krell, here on the Sports Lab Mouse.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouse.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Sports Loud Mouth. I'm your host, Daryl Marks. My co-host, Speedy. No underwear, Petey. Remember, you can call us at 631-672-3108. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Download our app by going to iOS, WWSRN, or Android, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Check out all our shows. Uh, we have shows all over the country. Great, great shows lined up throughout the week live shows. You can watch the replays, listen to the replays, the clips. Speedy works really, really hard on the clips if you guys haven't checked out the full shows and all the different topics that we get into on the different shows that we have on our network and all the stories we have a couple of interns that are fantastic writers, so definitely check it out if you haven't and if you haven't checked out my new article about the Giants, very funny Speedy was enjoying that mm-hmm. right Speedy, yes. you like that Yes I was uh, a little Grinch terms and stuff like that. Yeah. you like that mm-hmm. you know best, best. Do you have Grinch underwear, speedy? I do not I, I have uh, I
3: have pajamas of
2: Grinch though so. Oh you have pajamas I,
3: It is my favorite it is my favorite Christmas movie.
2: so you, you did tell everybody that you don't wear underwear under your pajamas, right? When I sleep, no. So, so you don't wear any- unless I do it by accident. Since have horse. you ever slept under your just naked? Do Do you like? No. sleep? You I know?
3: mean, I I mean, I mean. Sometimes I've taken my shirt off by accident, like subconsciously. A shirt?
2: I, I'm talking about butt ass naked. No, no. You no go on. No, because no, I usually
3: I'm usually cold. So. You
2: you have. Blankets. That's why you wear blankets. No,
3: but I don't like. I actually get itchy when I when I leave my shirt off for oh, too long. Oh, God. And then I also had a lot of issues as a kid. with Jesus, things, so.
2: man. I, I I mean, any normal person would tell you it in a normal kind of way. So it, it, you're, you're telling me that if a girl was under the covers with you, you wouldn't sleep naked? All right,
3: now you're entering a parallel
2: universe. I have a parallel universe. <laughs> Austin, I'm exp- I'm sorry to have the <laughs> having him to expose
3: you to this nonsense. <laughs>
2: Oh, well, we have a special guest waiting to come on. We now have, and we will be talking, and we are talking to, uh, Painted Lines NBA reporter and Sixers writer, Austin Crow. What's going on, Austin?
5: Not much. Thank you guys for having me tonight. I, I've, been, I've been enjoying the, uh, the show, <laughs> the enter- entertainment well, thank as we you to come on.
2: Thank you. Thank you. We, li- we like to have fun. I, too bad we don't have the third option here, the guy that's always bold and we like to pick on, but he's not here today. Because he, he, he lied to us, like always. He's got COVID. It seems like he has COVID every single week, Speedy. Am I right or wrong? Uh, that'd be pretty sad if he had it every single week. <laughs> see he has no personality Austin I'm trying to help him I am trying to wake this kid up it's just I think he's lost I mean who doesn't go under his covers naked I mean especially with a beautiful woman so anyways I will,
5: I will say this i I, I do tend to, the shirt comes off when I sleep hey, I
2: come on that's, fi- you that's fine I, I, so so you're telling me austin you're you're in the under the covers with your beautiful wife you're not going under the covers sometimes naked.
5: Well, if I don't, I don't have a wife. Um, I, I
2: mean, your girlfriend. I'm sorry. Your girlfriend, fiance, whatever. It, it, uh,
5: I think if if that was the circumstance, I, the, the more layers of clothing would probably come off.
2: Speedy, you see, you're learning
5: okay, something. that makes
3: more sense. <laughs> he,
5: yeah, he has a girlfriend.
3: it well, makes well, more that. sense. He didn't, he didn't say, ever, that. He, didn't but, say oh, he had a didn't. girlfriend. Oh, you didn't? Okay. I he you.
2: said if he had a girlfriend, more layers would come off.
3: Okay, I, they just said you weren't married. And my who bad. wears? And by the way, if you my wear, bad, Austin. I, it seems like it was applied. And by the well, way, you if, and my
2: mom both remind me. So bad, it's okay. By the way, Speedy, uh, who wears uh, pajama pants without any underwear? Okay, if you're gonna wear, if you're gonna wear pajama pants, you might as well wear your underwear. I mean, seriously. I, again, sometimes it happens that way. <laughs> sometimes it happens that way. That's great. Anyways, Austin, how are you, man? I, I mean, obviously, uh, you haven't. You shouldn't be very happy with the 76ers this year. They haven't really looked good. Uh, Before we get into the 76ers, why don't you tell the fans how you became a writer uh, for the 76ers? It's
5: funny. Um, This is my first year on the in-person beat. Um, Last year was the Zoom beat. That sort of was like a a good, uh, I guess, a good portal, a good window for anyone who had serious ambitions of covering an NBA team to get into it because they were letting everybody, uh, basically get zoom access. And, um, I stuck with it and applied for a credential and, 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 you know, here I am, but I, the whole like sports media, um, my existence in sports media started when I was a senior in college. Mm. Um, and so it kind of just took off from there. Um, I built my reputation myself, I guess I would say mm. my, 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 my portfolio myself, um, so it's just sort of, it's, it's been something that's really, uh, I guess, defined me and kind of, um, gave me a sense of like. Purpose.
2: Well, I I'll tell you this. Uh, Speedy wasn't defined by his underwear. That's for damn sure. So it <laughs> not sure. be defined by underwear. my underwear. I, I, yeah, you should be. I mean, seriously, if you if you're letting your dog, you know, find and sniff I other didn't things. Let. Uh, oh, don't. so Austin, do not do not listen to him. He's twisting words. Well, I'm not twisting it anything. As long as you don't
3: rewear them
5: over and over again without
3: it. It was exactly. an accident. <laughs>
2: it was an accident.
3: Don't let him twist my words.
2: <laughs> anyway, so why don't we get into some Philadelphia 76ers, uh, you know, comments and information. Um, we were talking to obviously Brett Siegel, uh, NBA analyst, uh, before we, we had you on. Um, and it's interesting. We got into Ben Simmons and, uh, Ben Simmons, a, a player that I really liked when coming out of college, I thought he was going to be a great player. I know he obviously not very smart guy in college, but for LSU, but when he came into the NBA, the number one predominant pick, uh, his talents as a big man. A lot of people compared his skills to LeBron James-esque. Uh, it really hasn't developed that way. LeBron James actually developed a shot coming into the NBA. This guy hasn't shot more than three or four three-pointers in five years. Uh, is there a reason why you think Ben Simmons hasn't really discovered a shot all these years in the NBA?
5: I think he's just somebody who grew up in an environment where he was always the most physically dominant person. Um, and he just never really had to challenge himself by taking jump shots, and I think he's someone who, when when he sees a challenge, he kind of um, he he'll, he'll say all the right things to face it, but then when it comes to like the spotlight, he'll tend, he'll tend to find a way around facing the challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I do think you know he he can comes into the NBA um, his first season in actually playing they're competitive. Uh, they're, they defy a lot of expectations. And I think, you know, he makes the case that um, I was put in a situation where I had to kind of like play to my best um, immediately in order, you know, in order for the team to win. Cause we were, we were, uh, you know, exceeding expectations, which is like an, an an interesting thought in theory, but it still doesn't explain how you don't develop a jump shot in five years. Um, I still think I have always been one of the champion, the belief that, uh, he's just, as, as a guard, he's so much bigger and faster and more athletic than everybody else, or at least the most other, other players of his size or, you know, of his position, that he shouldn't need a jump shot to be great. And to his credit, three-time All-Star, um, worthy of those selections, and well, worthy of two, two of them, I'll say. Okay. Um, and, you know, he's 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 been mostly a very good regular season player. So, I mean... Um, the jump shot thing may, may or may never come. Um, it, it certainly may or may never come in Philadelphia. That's for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I still think that he's an excellent player. And I've, and I'm, I've sort of been one of the uh, one of those in the boat of yeah, he has his shortcomings, but everything else that he does is just so uh, advanced and an elite and unicorn-esque, as they like to say, that it's sort of something that I can live with him not having a great jump shot.
3: So I think one of the things you mentioned was very interesting where it doesn't seem like he, he, he was like thinking he was always the most physical guy. So he doesn't always seem like he has to put in the extra effort in order to do those little things. And uh, again, one of the things that the beginning of the season was him not showing up to practice, him taking shots at doc rivers. And uh, they had a, they had an on court exchange uh, that got pretty heated as well. So, is something like that concerning for another team? That maybe you could think, oh, maybe this guy isn't really that coachable or easy to work with, and maybe a contending team could shy away from that.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think he's somebody who's always been, you know, the gold standard, and so when he comes to into an to into a league where his flaws get exposed, um, you know, the the, the it, it's not easy when you're a young adult. Who's always been told like, you know, that you're the best at everything to sort of come to grips with the fact that I'm not the best at, at at, at this, at this level. Um, And so I think that coachability is a problem, especially when you're a max player and you have an entourage of people who tell you you're a max player and you don't, you have a lot of positive reinforcement. Um, It doesn't really breed as someone who needs to look inward. So I think that can certainly be a problem. Um, But at the end of the day, I think it kind of depends on the context of like what your, um, what your goal is as a team that could trade for him. Like um, if you're a small market program and you're just trying to get to the playoffs and you don't really care, you know, how far, how, what your playoff ceiling is, you're just trying to get butts in the seats and sell jerseys and get to the big show. Um, ben Simmons is certainly a guy that raises your floor. Um,
2: no, I'm sorry. We were talking to painted lines, NBA reporter and Sixers writer, Austin Krell. Uh, so why don't we get to the team and and I was never a Doc Rivers fan. Uh, I've I've watched the game my whole life. Basketball's, you know, despite the fact that I was a, a big time hockey player, basketball was my favorite sport growing up. And I grew up watching Doc Rivers play for the Knicks, and uh, obviously a journeyman and. I I just never liked the way he coached. He coached for the Celtics all those years. He won one championship with those great teams. And I think a lot of that defense in the defensive style of game was Tom Thibodeau. It wasn't Doc Rivers. And to me, he's a player's coach to the the players that he wants to coach. And then the other players that I've seen over the years that he doesn't like, he throws them under the bus. He really does. Like he's done to Ben Simmons. He did that in, 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 in in Boston. Uh, when he was in Boston a couple, to a couple of players that, that ruined relationships over there and that's why he got fired um are you are you a big doc rivers fan do you think doc rivers is the answer over there in philadelphia or do you think uh his his life his livelihood is not going to last that long over there in philadelphia
5: i think for like the purposes of coaching like there's there's simply a lot of Caveats to, like, you know, his failures with the Sixers so far. Like, um, how do you grade the guy when he has 30 something million of dollars holding, you know, sitting on the bench because he won't play once they get traded? How do you blame a guy when his starting point guard literally, like, is physically present but is not adding anything to a playoff series? Like, that, that that's, a, that's a very hard thing for really any coach to overcome. Um, so I think like you know, there's a degree where you have to sort of give him a, a pass to some extent for what's happened so far in his tenure in Philly. Um, were there failures in, in previous stops for sure? Orlando, uh, the Clippers. Um, those are you know they always came up short in L.A. There were all, it's also you know notable that there were there were a bunch of playoff seasons where you know he had his one or two best players get injured for for an entirety of a postseason. So there there are things there that I think sort of change the dynamic, but I think, you know, it's hard to evaluate him as a coach at, at this point, just because there's so many missing things there. And it isn't like he's always had like, you know, the, like the ideal of his roster um, with, you know, Ben, you know, being terrible last playoffs and then this whole season. But I think in terms of the person um, certainly does not give young guys much of a rope, which is a problem because he favors older guys who may not have as much to give as younger guys um he also is, is definitely one to deflect all criticism and mm. and and self blame and accountability um which especially in Philly doesn't fly uh the 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 fans i would say they can sniff out bs pretty 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 well and i mean no one's blind like you can't you can't just say like oh well we didn't have uh our two you know best bench players when the other team was down six of their best players because of COVID and you'll still lose the game. Who are you trying to kid there? So I think in terms of like the the politician and the person doc, um, not has not met my expectations as a coach. It's kind of hard to evaluate at this point. So, the
3: Sixers are kind of different this year, too, in a sense, where it was always the mantra was always they have the stars and they don't have the depth. And now it seems like they have the depth and they don't have the stars. Joel Embiid's their lone 20-point-a-game player, and everyone else is in the 18s through 11s, 10s. And you have guys like Seth Curry playing well. Shake Milton is a guy that a lot of fans love. Harris. Uh, yeah, Tobias Harris, who's kind of a little down this year, but is still is still a good player. Tyrese Maxey's a good. Overpaid, by the so, way. Uh, so, do you think that kind of identity is a good thing for the team in comparison to what they were obviously with Simmons and also for the playoffs? Could that be a good thing maybe because the Sixers have had their playoff duds
5: where they haven't gotten past the second round because they've lacked depth. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fascinating with the playoff thing, because it's just when you're playing the same team in the best of seven series, it's very different than when you're going from Oklahoma city to golden state to Brooklyn, to, you know, Philly, whatever Um, that, you know, it, you have it's it's you, you, like what you have is what you have right on your roster and a lot of their playoff failures have come down to ben simmons in, you know inability to be effective in a half-court offense so i do wonder if like if they're seeing the same team over and over again for a playoff series if maybe it elevates their play because you, they're, they're they're watching film they're adjusting um but I, I do think it's a bit of a swing from like having very being very top heavy to now being having like one superstar level player and then a bunch of like B's and C level players. Um, To to Seth Curry's credit, he's certainly elevated his game this year and he's been one of the best season of his career so far. Um, But in the end, yes, star power wins in the NBA and they simply don't have enough of it.
2: As you guys know, we are talking to painted lines, NBA reporter and Sixers writer, Austin Krell. Uh, Austin with this team in the Eastern conference, it's, i uh, there's really nothing to talk about they're a six seed right now uh if the season were to end they're making they're they're in the round what do they call it the round robin playing games the playing games if they lose two games they're out and uh they're singing to the birds okay and and that could be doc river's uh call for on his way out i mean this team who was a top three seed last year top four seed last year right I think there were four they
3: were they were they, they were, were the once, number one seed. They were the number one seed. They lost to Atlanta.
2: Yeah, they were a top three seed, top four seed last year. Now all of a sudden, falling to six. Yes, the, the Eastern Conference has gotten stronger. Chicago, Cleveland, uh, Charlotte's better this year. Washington's been uh, pretty good. I mean, the Boston Celtics and the Knicks have been just horrible. I mean, who would have thought that? But, I mean, this the Eastern Conference is becoming more of what the West has been over the years. And the West has been more... Like the East, top heavy, and that's all they are. When you look at the Eastern Conference and the strength of of some of these teams, look at the Brooklyn Nets. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks that won a championship last year, and now Chicago. Do you think when you look at this team, if they don't make a massive trade at the trade deadline, even trading Ben Simmons and not getting two or maybe two and a half superstars in this team, do you think this this team is a championship or even a playoff contending team? Yeah,
5: I mean they're a playoff team, I and mean, I mean Embiid's like. I think he's like I don't care what anybody throws throws at me. I think he's the top three player in the NBA. He's just ridiculous. Um, so I think when you have a guy like Embiid, you're a playoff team for sure. Um, Will they win around? It's anyone's best guess at this point. There's just so much left. I mean, there's over half a season left to play. Um, but I would certainly say that when you match him up against like a Brooklyn or a, or a, a Milwaukee or a Miami, I would even say. Those are going to be tough matchups where I just don't think they have enough in the, in, in the, in the, in the gas tank to, to pull that off. Um, they've already beaten the bulls twice this year. So, I mean, I think I would have a little more confidence in the series against the bulls. I would still pick I'll probably pick Chicago. Um, but even then, like, I don't think doc gets fired because you have all of this Simmons stuff hanging over you. And it's just like, it's hard to justify like firing a guy when you have a, a, a star level player, literally not playing for you. Um so I think I mean I think if they don't make a trade, then they'll live with whatever their outcome is for this season. They'll keep them be you know happy um, as, as best they can, and then they'll make a push for a trade this offseason. I certainly will tell you that um, if, if I'm not the person that says trade Ben for whatever you can get, I owe 100% am in the boat of you wait and you wait until you get the very best deal. And you know you get that star level player back because if you if you don't and you waste that asset on someone that isn't a star level player, you might as well trade Embiid because you're rebuilding anyway mm. at that point. So you actually answered one of my other questions,
3: like what would you want for a Simmons trade? So I'll ask this one instead. So one of the things that I think really drove his trade value down more than anything, people bring up the three-point in the shooting all the time, but the free throws last postseason and you saw the Atlanta Hawks expose that kind of thing, and I think a lot of contending teams that were initially interested in Ben Simmons kind of shied away from it now because of that kind of thing. If you foul him on the court, it's going to diminish the rest of your team offense, For even for team like as talented as Golden State who was one of the teams that were in the in the biggest rumors for Ben Simmons at the time that downgrades the Steph Curry and Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson shooting because of that kind of thing do you think that's a big factor of why only these middle tier teams are now the ones interested
5: in Ben Simmons I don't think it's the free throw shooting because I think you can make the same argument for Giannis Antetokounmpo and because he's not a great free throw shooter either. But the difference is, he's is that better than one, Ben
2: Simmons. <laughs> but, well, well, everyone,
5: yeah, everyone's better than Ben Simmons. The free throw line, but but the difference between Ben and Giannis is number is obviously they're like physically they're just different people. Mm. Um, but Giannis just puts his head down and doesn't, doesn't stop for anybody. Um, so I think like the way that Ben cowered in fear of being aggressive, um, and once the free throws. We're, we're like missing all every, he who's missing every free throw. That's more of a deterrent than the fact that the guy just gets to the line, just can't make them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, I think the fact that you saw him just like basically fade into nothingness um, in the playoffs is a bigger issue than him not being able to make free
2: throws. I I think if if you decide to move Ben Simmons in my eyes and, and Austin, I, I'm going to say this not to hurt any 76ers fan. I think this is a rebuilding team. I think they they have too much money invested into a lot of these players. Tobias Harris is overpaid. I love Joel Embiid. I think he's a great player, but you can get a lot back for Joel Embiid. You can you could get five first rounds or four first round draft picks for Joel. Uh as good as Joel Embiid is, is he the cornerstone of a championship team? I don't know if he is. Is he durable I, enough to be that? I don't know Big if he is. Question. I think he I think he's a great player. I think he's he could be a great number an unbelievable number two player like an Anthony Davis going to the Lakers. I think he's that type of player. And I don't even think he's Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis, when healthy, is a top five player in the league. But Joel Embiid, as good as he is, I don't know if they even having him on the team or even adding another player or a superstar with him or a star with him, they're good enough to win. Do you think that when you look at this, this whole Ben Simmons situation and Doc Rivers thing, do you think that the Philadelphia 76ers are thinking maybe – if this year doesn't work out or next year doesn't work out, it's time to rebuild this team and trade away the pieces.
5: No, I don't think that at all. I think, I think, I think they think that Joel is a top three player in the world. And I think, you know, I would say, I mean, he, I I think he's absolutely better than Anthony Davis, no matter what, I think Anthony Davis is extremely soft to be, to be quite frank with you. Um, So, you know, I I think, you know, Embiid's durability has been better this season. Um, He's definitely like, he doesn't, he's not that shortcomings. I mean, he, he's not perfect, but, I think he's certainly like one of the three most dominant players in the league. Um, And he's still 27, 28 and you don't, you don't just like trade him away. If, if, you know, if this Ben Simmons thing uh, doesn't go great. I mean, I think you, you look at the big picture here and you have two and change left years in Tobias Harris's contract, maybe a year from now that becomes something that a team with that, with a lot of salary cap or a lot of salary space and, you know, looking for picks will take on if you give them a first round or two. And then suddenly you open up a max slot for Tobias Harris. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, whatever you get in the Ben trade. I mean, I think it's certainly workable um, in the short term. It's pretty ugly. But in, in in the long term, I think if you, you know, if you if you put in the proper patience into it, it's certainly something that you can recover.
2: By. You also have to match the contract, Austin. I mean, uh, you you look at a guy like, um uh, ben Simmons, I mean, he's making, what, $160, $170 million. He's got a lot of money left on that contract. You, With the NBA, you have to match that contract. So you got to take a lot of big contracts on uh, to send Ben Simmons away. And Ben Simmons already doesn't want to be there. I, I mean, you're not going to get a superstar. I, I just – I can't see a team – be willing to give away a superstar knowing all this stuff that's going on on and off the court with Ben Simmons, with his coach. I don't know who's going to offer them as many pieces that they think they're going to get knowing that he's had problems on and off the court.
5: Well, I think that's why you wait until a team also has problems with their players. Like, look at the Celtics. Uh, They're falling apart. And, like, I think it's pretty obvious they're going to have to trade one of their two wings right now you know eventually Mm -hmm. i'm not a big proponent of trading guys within the division but i mean hey if you're looking for a defensive wing to bolster to bolster your you know what you have there and then also be and someone who's a better facilitator that's a workable deal um is you know especially if boston believes we can't have both. We need to.
2: I don't know up. if Boston thinks Ben Simmons is the answer. That's what, that's the problem. Well, I, think, I think it
5: might just be like a matter of. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> like, 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 do you. Like look at look at our like, we'll look at the menu of options, which right. is the best. Right. I got you.
3: So uh, besides Ben Simmons, so let's say regardless of what happens with him, if they trade him or not, is there any other trade deadline targets that you think the Sixers should pursue, and why?
5: So I think one thing they should be looking at is like just role players that can just shoot and won't stop shooting no matter what um a lot of their problems ha- have come with like the double teaming of of Joel and and like the spacing they have on the floor because like they have danny green who's been very is, i think has been underrated for them seth curry's been fantastic um tobias Harris has been okay uh and matisse thybulle has been a non-factor on offense you need shooters in that offense to really you know uh make defenses sweat the decision of do I double late or do I stay with my guy? Um, Cause that'll help not only space the floor, that'll help Joel dominate really. Um, so I think the more, just the more shooting help you can get Joel, so that way teams can't just like basically sell out and doubling him would be the better. And so you know, any kind of shooter on the market, um, that's just like a, just not, not like a, like a high level player necessarily, just a, gr- a really good high volume shooter. Like maybe a Doug McDermott, for example, is mm. just something.
2: Uh, As you guys know, we are talking to Painted Lines NBA reporter and Sixers writer, Austin Krell. Uh, Last question for me, Austin. If you look at the NBA this year, and I think Kevin Durant, to me, is predominantly the MVP of the league. I think he's been sensational, really, uh, with this this Brooklyn Nets team. And now they're getting stronger with Kyrie Irving coming back, probably. Uh, I mean, Eastern Conference is better than it's been in a very long time. Since then... The 90s with the Knicks and the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. I mean, those were the times where the, the Indianapolis, the Indiana Pacers, Hornets, you know, the Hornets. Yeah. I mean, those teams that dominant Eastern Conference. Orlando, or yes, you don't have to name teams. We got it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you look at uh, everything that's gone on. Who do you think is the MVP if the season were to end today?
5: Seth, uh, Steph Curry, for sure. I think I think it's got to be Steph. Um, I mean, this is as close they've been as to the, the pre Durant Warriors, and he's 32-33 He's, I mean, his, the way that he moves without the ball is unbelievable. He's obviously the offensive juggernaut that he is. Um, he he's literally the catalyst of like one of the best offenses in the league by himself. Uh, Draymond's obviously great, but Steph makes the
2: entire world move. In Golden State. And I, I, disagree. Think- I disagree. I disagree. I'm sorry. Harold prefers his brother. <laughs> I, I, no, I, No, I don't prefer his brother. I, <laughs> I, 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 Seth Curry is not better than Steph, but... Um, I like him more, though. The better better point guard in the Western Conference is Chris Paul. It's not even an argument or question. I just don't think Chris Paul gets the accolades because he doesn't score 27, 28 points. He's the guy that opens up the court for all the other players, and he makes everybody around him better. I'm going to give it to the guy that I believe has been the best point guard in the league for the last 10 years, and I'm sorry. As good as Steph Curry is, he's a predominant three-point shooter. That's what he is. Um, He doesn't make everybody around him better because if he did, he would have, as an 11 seed last year going into the, the the playing games, he should have gotten in the playoffs. He lost against John Moran, and he lost against LeBron James. And in my eyes, if you're a great player, you're going to catalyst, catalyst your team into the playoffs, and you didn't do that. Look what Chris Paul did. Go look at what he did last year. As a fifteenth seed last year, Phoenix Phoenix Sun team took him all the way as the number one seed and took him all the way to the NBA finals. They were up 2 0 against that team before, you know, Giannis went crazy. Okay. So to me, it's Chris Paul. It's not even an argument from the that point guard in the league. So to me, to say Steph Curry is the best player this year and MVP, I disagree. I think the guy that really has stood out to me. Uh, is the guy that plays in Brooklyn. And I'm not a Brooklyn Nets fan, by the way. I am a Knicks fan. I can't stand the Brooklyn Nets, and I can't stand Kevin Durant because he chose them even though the Knicks didn't even offer him a contract. But this is the best year Kevin Durant's had. Who's the catalyst of their defense right now? Kevin Durant. Who's the catalyst of their passing? Do you know that Steph Curry, as the point guard of the Golden State Warriors, only averages .7 more assists? than Kevin Durant does, and Kevin Durant is the power forward of the Brooklyn Nets? Come on, man. How could you give it to Steph Curry? It is Kevin Durant, uh, absolutely. But, hey, we all have a right of our own opinion, right? So, uh, Speedy? All right, so one
3: bold prediction for the Sixers, whether it could be a a trade with Simmons, it could be anything like that, playoffs, whatever, with the Sixers and with the NBA for the rest of the season. Okay.
5: one bold prediction. That's a tough one. Um, Lakers fire Frank Vogel.
2: Okay, mm. interesting.
5: Yep,
2: interesting. That that is interesting because uh, he, I think he's on his way out too. <laughs> this team should be a lot better than they are, and well,
5: should they? I mean, they're yeah. they're, they're they're constructed like absolute dirt. I mean, <laughs> the, 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 like the on paper, talent. Mm. Might be there, but it, it's a terrible team. Like they're
2: terribly constructed. Constructed la- for LeBron James. I don't, I don't, GM. I don't
3: know if it happens, but I like it so much. But I'll, I'll, I'll add another. Uh, I'll, I'll count. I'll add another one to that. So Frank Vogel gets fired by the Lakers. Tyron Lue gets fired by the Clippers,
5: <laughs> and they swap places. <laughs> I mean, that would be like the most. Like you want, you want proof that
2: LeBron runs the league. That would be. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, Tyron, Tyron Lue. He's had more jobs as one of the worst coaches in the NBA history. Uh, I've ever seen a coach have in 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 a five year span. And he won an NBA title because he was coaching LeBron James and Kyrie Irving, okay? And, and oh and by the way, Kevin Love, too. So uh, I, I could have coached that team and won championships, okay? And by the way, one of our, our our fans says, Carl says, the Warriors are 26 and 6, right? And I said, man, I say yes. How is Steph not the catalyst? Here's I'm not saying he's not the catalyst this year. I'm saying that Steph Curry doesn't make the players around him better. We've seen it year in and year out. He's got good players around him. There's no question that Steph Curry is a great player, but he's had great players around him for years. And when he had Kevin Durant on the team, who was the catalyst of that team? It was Kevin Durant. It was, it was Steph Curry. Uh, it was Kevin Durant. I mean, who he won the MVP? Who was the MVP? Who, who was the MVPs in the playoffs? It was Kevin Durant. Yeah. Narrative driven vote. It's
5: wow. the, the MVP conversation is the all most valuable player are, are, are absolute no. They're a hundred percent narrative driven things. Hmm. Nikola Jokic winning MVP last year? Come on,
2: what? He had a great season last year. Yeah, he
5: wasn't the best player in the NBA
2: last year. Uh, statistics you average at near triple. I, That's uh, pretty hard uh, to uh, tell. The NBA, nope. uh, we know what? this. We know this like everything, and you know this, uh, Austin. Uh, in uh, on the whole run, it's not about the most. "Quote unquote valuable player to your team because the most valuable player to their team last year was Chris Paul and he wasn't even looked at as a top five vote getter for MVP. And by the way, the NBA need to they they really need to shrink wrap this and put this in their damn mind. When a player turns a 14th seed, 15th seed to the number one seed all the way to the finals, he should be an MVP." Catalyst an MVP prospect for a top five player. It's most it's the was the most ridiculous thing. I was so upset. And, and Steph Curry was a top two, but by the way, couldn't even get his team in the playoffs. So I as good as he is, I'm not taking a shot at who Steph Curry is as a player. He doesn't make anybody around him better. Okay? That's just my opinion. He doesn't win championships alone. And 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 that to me, Kevin Durant can. Kevin Durant practically put the Brooklyn Nets on his shoulders and almost knocked off the team that won the championship last year. I mean, so. wouldn't
5: it, it, it? It's kind of hard to, to to for me to accept or not accept, but I guess agree I agree with that argument. I know because I love it. Andre Iguodala literally won Finals MVP, mm. playing next to Steph Curry. Mm. He literally made. A, a role player and MVP of the finals.
0: Mm.
2: Well, Andre Iguodala, it, 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 as much as he loves Steph Curry, and, and by the way, he'd probably take Steph Curry's underwear and sniff it every single day. The way he says about make Steph Curry as the greatest basketball player ever to live, which is a ridiculous statement. Any way you put it because uh, we forget about Sir Michael Jordan, who is the greatest basketball player and you can't even put him in the same boat as Michael Jordan, okay? Then again, Kobe Bryant or any other uh, top-end player we can go through the league over the last couple years, and I'm not even a Kobe Bryant fan, okay? But for some reason... The NBA and these fans put Steph Curry a top five point guard of all time, which is a ridiculous statement when he's a pure against three point shooter. That's all he is. He's not Isaiah Thomas. He's not Chris Paul. He's not John Stockton. He's not Jason Kidd. He's not a real point guard. And and to me, wouldn't you argue that every
5: modern day point guard? is basically like a like they pl- all play like Steph Curry so therefore the modern day point guard is not what the what the with the traditional Chris Paul don't play like you. Chris Paul don't play he's like the only him. One. He's like uh, the, Russell, the only one. Like,
2: Russell Westbrook never Russell Westbrook never played like him.
0: Yeah, look what happened to Russell Westbrook. Uh, Russell
2: Westbrook was a top awful. point guard in elite league forever.
0: He's anyway, awful.
2: He's awful. Hey, listen, if he's averaging 19 7 and 8, I don't know about awful. I mean, he – He's Great. a good player. I mean, and he was an elite player before he went to the Lakers. He really was. But I can name point guards right now in the league. John Moran is not a three-point shooter. He's not. He's a guy that goes to the hole. He, he draws fouls. He's fun. He's a fun. We like Derrick
5: Rose, so we'll call yeah. him Derrick
2: Rose. Oh, we'll fine. But he, I'm, I'm naming. I'm naming point guards that are not Steph Curry. There are point guards like Steph Curry, the James Hardens yeah. of the world. But that doesn't work. That doesn't win championships. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And without Kevin Durant, yeah, he won a championship. He also had Klay Thompson on the other side of the the, the Splash Brothers. Okay, who? So to me- if we're gonna if we're gonna
5: bring s- s- co stars into the equation, then how, come, how come Devin Booker doesn't get credit
2: for Phoenix when Chris Paul was there too? I. I you want me to give you a reason why? Because when Chris Paul wasn't there, what what did Devin Booker do to that team? Where did they? They, they where- won eight games in a row in the bubble, oh, and then oh, they were they missed a play in by one game. Uh, but. Exactly, and when all those years that they had Devin Devin Booker, where were they? Where were they? They, they were nowhere. They, they, were they, nowhere. they were nowhere.
5: They were Which nowhere. Can have, you can't like you're, you're so that's putting it in a vacuum. If you if you put it in a vacuum, like sure, you should be able to win. But with, with with context, like, would you rather have Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson, or would you rather have Isaiah
2: Cannon and? And 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 uh, you know,
5: ish Smith or whoever oh, point, ta- you know, ta- point take
2: it, <laughs> point take it. But uh, I, I again, I, I'm sitting
5: if here you, like you can you, you can pass the ball 85 times in a game if you're if you don't have the talent around you to make those. Is shots. that what
2: you call Chris Paul's passes? Just passing the ball.
5: Uh, come no, on, no, no, I, I'm not I'm saying Chris Paul is one of the best initiators of offense in in, in the world, but by the same token, if we're going to say like. Like, like this guy makes guys better. This guy doesn't make guys better. Honestly, honestly, Austin, how do we quantify that? Though, honestly,
2: honestly, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is this is you're a 76ers fan, okay? Obviously, no, you're a 76ers fan. Who would you rather on your team right now to help you win a title that is going to make Joel Embiid the superstar he is, Steph Curry, or Chris Paul? Honest to God, who would you want? Steph Curry. Well, you're not winning a championship with Steph Curry. I'm just letting you know that. Guarantee it. You have a better chance of winning a championship with Chris Paul. And you're going to say, "What? Well, Chris Paul never won a championship. Absolutely right. Chris Paul is playing with one of the youngest teams in the NBA, and he took him all the way to the finals. Do you think Steph Curry would have done that last year? Don't tell me you think he, he would have, because he wouldn't have. Do I
5: think Steph would have taken...
2: To the, the, to the finals and as a number one seed? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm just. Telling you you're crazy. You're, you're telling me that you don't think a backcourt of Steph
5: Curry, who is almost, who is the, the third, the third in third place for MVP last yeah. year, yeah. with Devin Booker mm-hmm. would not have taken that team to the finals. Did you
2: see the team Steph Curry with Golden State Warriors with the Golden State Warriors last year? You're going to tell me that the Golden State Warriors weren't worthy enough to make the playoffs?
5: They ha- they did not have guys around Steph that were conducive to winning that championship. Listen, listen.
2: I didn't say championship. They should have oh, made the playoffs. Yeah. They should have made the playoffs, and they didn't. Steph Curry couldn't win, and he couldn't make the big shot in the big part of the game, and that's why they didn't get into the playoffs. When, when, when you look at what Chris Paul did last year, when they needed him to make a bucket on a big bucket, it was him. It wasn't Devin Booker. It was him that made the so big So last bookers.
5: year— Last year, the Warriors shot like 36, 37% from three last mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. that's like top 10 ish mm-hmm. in the NBA. Yep. The Suns shot 38.5% from three yes. last year. So Steph Curry is then theoretically passing to worst shooters. And therefore, you're, and, and by the way, no big like, 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 like they had in, in Phoenix last mm-hmm. year. So he's taking on a bigger offensive load by nature. Mm -hmm. And he still, with all of of that attention that he garners as a as a playmaker and shooter,
2: was third in MVP voting. He was third listen, he's third in MVP voting is because the NBA loves him. Okay. That's the only reason why (laughs) they love him. They love him. He he's everybody wants to be like Steph Curry. They forget what the point guard position entails. The point guard position entails what Chris Paul brings to the game. Defense, something that Chris, the uh, Steph Curry does not play at at, at the top level. He, uh, Chris Paul is he's an all world defensive player. He he does not use the he doesn't use his players to make his his team better. He he is the player, and then. He he has to score 28, 29 points to be the superstar. And honestly, that to me doesn't make the team better. He's a great offensive player, three-point shooter. He 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 demands the ball. Chris Paul don't, doesn't have to demand the ball to be dominant and a dominant force. And that's what I want on my team. And if you're going to tell me that if you had Chris Paul on your 76ers, you would rather Steph Curry, I'm telling you right now. I promise you, if Chris Paul was on your team right now with Joel Embiid, you would have a much better record than Steph Curry. I can guarantee it. I I, I will put money on it. Go look at OKC when Ste- when when Chris Paul went over there. That team was horrible, an absolute horrible horrible they had, team. They, Alexander, they
5: horrible. had Alexander. Horrible. They had that that Oklahoma City team was not terrible. They were they had, horrible. They had very fun. They had. They had Gallinari! Oh my they God,
2: Daniel De- Gallinari! SGA, uh, uh, they had SGA! S- 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 are they you had kidding me?
5: They had <laughs> Lou Dort. They had Chris Paul. That's a very solid supporting cast. Are you do they, kidding me? Did they, they surprise? But they surprised everybody. Sure, they surprised everybody. Mm. That's that,
2: that, that's for sure. Yeah. But, but to say that Chris Paul. That was the Charlotte Hornets, okay? All right, you put Chris that, Paul on the Charlotte Hornets. That's what you did, okay? That team was horrible. I watched those games. I was like, every time Chris Paul touched the ball, I was like, oh, they get Chris, Chris Paul. Every time they came down the court, it was Chris Paul. Chris Paul would play almost every single game, almost forty-eight minutes. He so played. Why didn't they
5: get further playoffs then?
2: Why? Because their team stinks. But it was Chris just Chris Paul. All you had to do was double-team Chris Paul, which teams figured out. <laughs> but then the same thing goes for Steph Curry. Oh, God. <laughs> right? I mean, does it not? Steph, Steph Curry has a better all-around cast. He does.
5: Steph Curry is a better all-around player by, I would
2: estimate, three 300. No way. No way. No way. Because no Steph Curry is not a defensive player. And how could you say is a better overall player? You're going to tell me Steph Curry is a better defensive player than Chris Paul? I'd say he's
5: big and better enough offensively that it makes up for No way, maybe a, maybe a slight advantage. You're going to gonna
2: tell ball. me in a, in a big playoff game Chris Paul couldn't in, in a play in, in a big playoff. I've seen Chris Paul score thirty, thirty-five in the playoff games. Easy. He's not in the regular season. He makes everybody around him better. And the fact that the NBA doesn't see that, it's just it's, it's they ludicrous. Don't see it. They don't the guy ludicrous. was the head of the players association. Of course they see no, him. they don't. They don't really see it because they don't give this kid, this guy. He's not a kid anymore. You don't give this guy enough credit for what he has yeah, done Paul for the is NBA. He's a, a top three or four
5: point guard in the league. For sure. He's the top sure. three
2: or four point guard of all time. Okay. And it's well, not even an yeah. argument. It's not even an argument.
5: Well, I, see, the thing is this I'm the person where if, like, I was born in 96, so I don't really Oh, you're anything. a baby. I, I never, I, I don't know. I don't talk to players. I don't, I didn't see lives. So it's hard to I, comment I on was that. born
2: in 82, and I've watched some of the greatest point guards ever play the game. Well, and there I, you go. And so I, you have a different perspective than I would have. And I, like, I just, in my, I, lifetime,
5: in my lifetime, there are probably three or four point guards that are better than Chris.
2: Mm. And who do you, who do you? I want to hear this. Who 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 do you have over Chris Paul? And I'll I tell you. I'll tell you if they are, or they aren't. A better point mm-hmm. guard.
5: Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have Steve Nash.
2: He's not better than Chris Paul. Go ahead. Two-time MVP. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't matter. MVPs don't mean anything because I I can I, to me LeBron James should have won all those MVPs all those years. LeBron was the best player in the league,
0: and MVPs by the way, don't mean by anything.
5: Back to your point about Jordan. Jordan's in a rowboat,
2: LeBron's in like a, a, a cruise ship, mm-hmm. by the way. In terms of being... That's fine, but but that the game was different. And if you put Jordan in this game, he'd be even more dominant. Oh, but for sure. Uh, for so, sure. so so the, I'm I'm sorry, but Steve Nash is not better than Chris Paul. But go ahead. Who else? Okay.
5: Um you could probably make a case for like Jason
2: Kidd. You could argue that. Jason Kidd was a good two way play. He wasn't a great three point shooter, and that's why, where Chris Paul, I think. Predominant, but he was a he was a good defensive player, and he and, and he made everybody around him better. So you could possibly say that. Okay, this is probably right.
5: a bit of a hot take, mm-hmm. and I could probably be convinced to, to to retract it. But the name that I'm just going to throw out there: Rajon
2: Rondo. Wow! No, 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 not even close. It's not even close. But go ahead. Who else? I think that might be it. That's all I can think of in all terms right. of a
5: great point guard. The only,
2: the only great I guess, point
5: guard. Steph. Steph. Yeah, it to be Steph. The
2: only great point guard out of that list that I would say you can you can argue that is Jason Kidd because Jason Kidd everywhere he went he made everybody around him better and 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 he was a good all around player. wasn't a three point shooter, but Rajon Rondo, no way. And Chris Paul is on a whole. Rajon Rondo road. is the last pure point guard. Just a complete dynamo. I, I, okay, whatever you're sipping over there, please send it over here because I I would like a sip of that grape juice drink or something because there's no way I would put Rajon Rondo in the same spectrum as Chris Paul. I mean, Ron Rondo was a top three point guard. In the league. Get out of here! Who <laughs> was better? It was better than him? Oh, Rajon Rondo he had no offensive game. He, he had- was the he was a top passer. Yeah, he was a great passer and a good defensive player, but that's about he was it. An
5: elite defensive player,
2: yeah, but that's about it. He, he never could shoot. Okay, he's a horrible near, shooter. Okay. How about this? How about Deron Williams? No, because Deron, I'll tell you why I, I would never only short term five years. Deron Williams, you could argue was either him or Chris Paul, the best point guards in the league. But everybody picked Chris Paul over him because Chris Paul was more consistent, and he never and, and Chris Paul in early in his years he didn't get hurt really that much. It was really. As he got older, things started to happen. His ankle, his wrist, his his elbow, I mean, his shoulder. I mean, you heard all the different things that happened to Chris Paul. But I'm telling you right now, Chris Paul, and I watched some of the greats, John Stockton, he is the greatest all-around point guard I've seen in the last 15 years to come out of the NBA. And the fact that the NBA doesn't appreciate the game that this guy produced, and they don't, they really don't, because – a guy that made a team go all the way from at, at, at the 10th or the 11th seed in the, at the Western Conference all the way to the number one seed and NBA Finals, and he didn't even sniff an MVP category, is a catastrophe, a catastrophe for the NBA. And the NBA needs to open up their eyes and realize what a great player is. Right. It,
5: there, there was no development of DeAndre Ayton or Oh, or,
2: oh, oh! You want to talk just, about you want to talk or, about DeAndre Ayton? DeAndre, or
5: there was no development of Devin Booker
2: either, who is you could argue is a better player than Chris Paul. Uh, he's a better shooter, all around game, not a chance. And and as far as as far as DeAndre Ayton, go ask DeAndre Ayton who made him a great player. Okay, go listen to what DeAndre Ayton. Said after they made it to the finals, who was the reason why his game has changed? And the answer is one player and one player only. His name is Chris Paul.
5: Okay. My point. My my point is that it's not one guy. You can't quote. No, it's not. But one guy is the catalyst
2: that could change a team. Could change like Steph Curry is a catalyst. No, he's not. No, he's not. Because I'll tell you this right now: as good as Steph Curry is, as good as Steph Curry is, has he done it without Clay? Has he done it without? <laughs> has, he, has he done it without they're Clay? They're twenty-five and six. How has he done it without Clay? Has he won a championship? Twenty-five has, yes, has. has he gone to the finals without Clay? He hasn't had a chance to. Has he gone to really? When? What chance has he had to go to the finals without Clay? I just asked you. Has he done it without Clay? No, he has not. Yes, has not a right, chance. All right, there. all right. I'll tell you this. I've seen Chris Paul. I've seen Chris Paul take. An OKC team as a fifth seed, and people were talking about them being a second-round team, semifinals team, that can knock off one of the big name, the big teams because Chris Paul was on the team. Oh, by the way, when he took that OKC team to the fifth seed, were they, was he an MVP candidate? Not a chance. The NBA is lost. They have lost the understanding what a player could do to change a team. And that, to me, when By I the watched the NBA, they got, lost
5: in seven to a dysfunctional Houston team.
2: Yes, they did. About. Yes, they did. Again, I, I remember that that Houston Rockets team, the James Harden Houston Rockets team. But look at that Houston Rockets team. That was a pretty good team. That was a pretty good team compared to. Yeah, they were better than OKC. Give me a break. My one possession, maybe they're better than Oklahoma. Oh, State. they're better than that.
3: Uh, by the way, uh, one of our fans, Carl, wants to know if you think Rondo was a better pure point
5: guard than Stockton. Not a chance. I never saw John Stockton. I can't say. I <laughs> Not a chance. I, was, <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I would.
5: I wouldn't argue for it. I just. I just don't really have a comment on it.
2: There was a lot of good point guards you probably missed that you probably. Isaiah Thomas was a great point guard. Uh, there were great point guards in the 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 mid '80s, late '80s, early '90s. Great. I'll tell you who.
5: I'll tell you who Chris Paul could learn a thing or two from. Who? Andre Miller. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, you,
2: you do if if you don't know Andre Miller, you don't know a like prime point I'm guard. I'm kidding with you. One, I made, I said what, and 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 by the way, I can name a bunch of point guards that I would take over. Ray Jean Ronjo. Do you remember Tim Hardaway? Okay. Uh, I don't remember Tim Hardaway. I was too young. Oh, I'm sorry. Tim Hardaway would have dominated practically every single one of was these a point guards guard or a shooting guard? He was a point guard. He's a point guard. Point guard on Miami.
5: Then is James Harden a point
2: guard? And Golden State, by the way. He played for he came in for Golden. Oh, I'm sorry? Is James Harden a point guard? Uh no, he's a he's a two. I think that's what Steph Curry is too. I think they're twos. That's okay. what... So I
5: think that, I think we have a league where there is yeah. literally no point guards in all shooting guards that are that are macerating. There on. might
2: be three predominant point guards I would say that are pure point guards in the NBA right now. And 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 Chris Paul being one of them, John Morant is another. Um, and the other, what's the kid that's on Utah? Donovan Mitchell. No, Conley. Conley. Yep. Conley is the other one. I think. I would also
5: is. say Ben Simmons.
2: Well, I, I, I think Ben Simmons is he, he could be the point guard. I think he's more of a three. Or a four. That's what I think he is. He can play. He's LeBron. He, he can play the, what do we call it? The point four. That's point what he forward, is. Point
3: forward, yeah. That's what he
2: is. Point wing. Yeah. yeah, that's what he is. The problem with him is he can't shoot the three. And he, he's a terrible free throw shooter.
5: He'll become a great three-point shooter once he leaves Philadelphia. There's I think
2: time. so, too. And I said that to Jeff who can't stand him, by the way. <laughs> Best point guard in the league is Emmanuel. Shut up, Jeff. He <laughs> so stupid. If, if Jeff. If Jeff. Uh, if Jeff stupid. If the Celtics trade for
3: Ben Simmons, uh, Jeff might switch his fan base, fandom. Like Mikey I'll tell you C what, man,
5: Quickly, I I did my draft scouting report on him. I would have taken him top eight.
2: Yeah, he's he's been very very good for the Knicks. I think the Knicks need to use him more. I, I they, they're not using him right, and they need to use him more. They got they got to
5: fire Thibodeau. So
2: I don't know about firing him, but uh, they need to wait. They they need to. He's, he's going to blow a gasket. <laughs> looks you see that game tonight? They had the wor- most bizarre plus minus
5: box score. Yeah, the man. starters were like negative 20 each, and the bench was plus. 30 That's because Julius
3: Randle. He's actually
2: using the bench, though, more than he used to when he was wearing them out. Julius Randle is. Is I call him the bricklayer airball king. Okay.
3: Uh, I don't know. Ben
5: Simmons might have a word with that.
2: <laughs> I mean that guy. That, that guy. I, I, every game he has like two or three airballs. Okay. Would you rather have? Would you rather have him or Jason Tatum? Who? Jason Tatum or Julius Randle? Jason Tatum. Yeah. Jason Tatum. Absolutely. I so. I'd take Jason Tatum. Absolutely. I don't Speedy? think Jason, right here,
3: Jason Tatum is would here. J- Jason, Jason Tatum. I would take Jason Tatum. I would take Jason Tatum. I'm down on both players comparatively. But... Yeah, Jason
2: Tatum. I think that has a lot to do with the Olympics. It's hurt Jason Tatum. But I think Jason but he's Tatum been was... really streaky this year too, Jason it's Tatum. It's Tatum so... Side step threes that have no chance of going in
5: have also hurt Jason Tatum.
2: Yeah, I, I, but I like Jason Tatum. And I think Jason Tatum has a, a good future. I just don't know if it's going to be with the Celtics. That's would, all. You rather, would you rather have Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum? Um ooh. this year Jalen Brown. Um all around, I'm taking Jason Tatum because of his size and his athletic ability. Uh I was never a Jalen Brown fan, but this year Jalen Brown's been better. So I think I think the better all around
5: player is Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm.
3: I think it would depend on what I would need for a team. Like If I need more of the defensive type, I would probably say Brown. It depends on who the rest of the supporting cast. Because Tatum, I don't think, is as good of a defensive player overall. I think he was more of a system fit with Brad Stevens more than anything else. Here's one for
5: Knicks fans, because I don't don't really know many Knicks fans. Um,
2: Well, you know one right now. Mostly
5: because people don't like the Knicks. They are embarrassed by the Knicks. Mm, Thank you. Mm, um,
2: you. you. Would you rather have Kevin Knox? Hmm? Or Frank Nilakina. Nilakina. Frank Nilakina right now. But Kevin Knox, there are things there are a lot of teams that like Kevin Knox and are interested in Kevin Knox right now. So I think he's a good I think
5: he'll, I think if he if he if he gets a chance, he'll be a decent player.
2: I think so too. I think that you know where I think he, he should go? I think he should go where Nilakino went. The Mavericks. That's where I think he should go. I think he fit over there. Uh, with a Luka Doncic. You know what I mean? That's where all,
5: all the Knicks go to. Go oh, to the Knicks
3: retirement community. Raymond Felton, Tyson Chandler, Kristaps yeah. Porzingis. By the way,
2: look
5: Porzingis, <laughs> by the way, is one of the softest players I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. I agree with you.
2: Don't, don't, don't get me started about Porzingis. Uh, I would love to
5: hear some Porzingis. Oh,
2: so you got one day when you come back on. The, we'll get you on the show again. I can I can give you a lot of uh, interesting information about Porzingis uh, that people will laugh about. I have. I've attacked Porzingis more than enough. Uh, I I think. He, I think he's one of. First of all, I, I loved him when they drafted him. I was one of the guys that I, I told people, Nick fans, don't boo him. He's going to be a good player. But ever since he opened his big mouth with him and his friggin' brother. I'm so happy he's gone from here. He's nothing but a cancer. And look what he's doing with the Mavericks right he's now. He's
5: just super soft. Like he won't play. He won't. He won't play the positions that, that that he needs to play. He's like a face up four that can't really. That is not a great shooter.
2: If if if, if you have to butt heads with Luka Doncic, then you're the problem. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, Austin, tell the fans how they can find you on social media. Don't find me on social media. Please don't find me on social
0: media. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me
2: on Twitter. At NBA Corral.
5: Um, I cover the Sixers, of course. So if you do want to be inundated with Sixers content, so you can find me. Um, yeah.
2: Well, we really appreciate you joining us. We're definitely going to get you on again. I love going back and forth with you. I had a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely- did I.
5: I'm going to make sure that by the next time you come back, you're going to be a little bit more educated on Chris Ball.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> Really, I'll tell you what. I'm going to send you some education on Chris Paul that maybe you would be more educated on, on Chris Paul. But I'm they, just saying, who has won more playoff series? That's listen, definitely... I'm not arguing the point, but look who. Go look at who Chris Paul played with. Okay, he played with Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. <laughs> Uh, do you want to get into Blake Griffin, the biggest bust in NBA history? Give me a break. A guy couldn't eat a free throw and had a terrible—he had a terrible 16, 17 foot jumper until he figured it out. When Chris Paul couldn't even move anymore because he hurt his foot, give, give me a break. Don't, I don't, know if don't you to
3: say biggest bust in NBA history, but Anthony Bennett exists.
2: Elmer was, um, was a beast. Blake Griffin stinks. He stinks. Now he stinks. He yeah, always stunk. He always stunk. I thought he stuck. <laughs> oh my god! I I thought Blake Griffin, Mister Lob City, give me a break. He stinks, absolutely stinks. Don't get me started about Blake Griffin. They
5: had Jamal Crawford. They had J.J. Reddick. They had DeAndre Jordan. They had Blake Griffin. Yeah, let, and
2: you're gonna say that Chris Paul had nobody. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. And, and and let let's go look at Blake Griffin's career before we go because uh, I, I have to do this for you.
0: All right, while you look up that up. All right, all right. right. <laughs> okay, oh,
2: Blake Griffin's career. Okay. He's averaging 19 points a game, eight rebounds, and four assists. You think that's that's a great player? Extrapolate that to his prime. That's a a great player. All right. 22 22 and 12, uh, 21
5: and uh, 11, 18. And and, and you think that's a great player? 24 and 10. That that was his best year. That was his best thing. 24 and 10 was his best year.
2: 23, 19.8, uh-huh. uh-huh. 24 and a half. Uh-huh. The dude was a fucking the dude was a bona fide bucket. Get that out of here, Bonafide fide bucket. He was a bonus. What was his shooting percentage? Give me a break. He was he was shooting layups. He couldn't even shoot a three. You want to talk about Ben Simmons wanna be. He shot, he shot, let's see, his rookie year. Mm-hmm. He got okay. After, All he did when was he turned, jam. When He's when my- he turned
5: twenty when he turned twenty-five.
2: It was 40% from three. Mm-hmm. 33. Yeah. How many three-pointers did he shoot for 40%? How many 24, three-pointers? 24. Oh, 24. Point 0.4. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Good then for he him. Gets,
5: okay. Then he reaches Detroit, mm-hmm. where he's shooting 5.6 threes per game, Ooh. 5.7, Ooh. 5.4, mm-hmm. 7, mm-hmm. 6.2, mm-hmm. Uh, 4.5 with uh, Detroit and Brooklyn last year. The dude was a – the dude – could
2: absolutely ball. He was an MVP candidate oh, one year. you're crazy. I he never... literally was a top three candidate. He was. I know, because the NBA is blind. That's why. The NBA <laughs> makes Blake Griffin a top three candidate. Won't put Chris Paul as a top three candidate. Taking a Phoenix Tons team that had no business being the number one seed into you the final. You Chris Paul is
5: very good at? He's very good at. Writing the sob story. Oh, get out of here. Like, 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 get out of here. Oh my God. My Austin. arm got dislocated in game six. Let me go. Like, like, like get eliminated in seven games and then wonder why. Like Blake come on.
2: Griffin is one of the most overrated players in NBA history by far. He was and, ridiculous. And in his it prime. was Ridiculous. All right. He's lob city. That's it. And the only reason why he—you look at his great years—it was because of Chris Paul. Just remember. And going to spam you with just like Griffin. Go videos. ahead, you spam me. It's <laughs> at Errol Marks thirty four E R R O L M A R K S thirty four. Spam me all you want. Okay, just,
5: I'm, you're just going to get tags for me. Just so, just speedy.
2: Like... You sent him my 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 Twitter. Let him let him let him see. I, I, I you can spam me all you want, and I'm going to spam you with Chris Paul stuff. Okay,
5: I'm gonna hit you with Steph Curry. By the way, when, <laughs> when, when Chris Paul makes pulls up for a 40 foot three mm-hmm. against the, against the contender mm-hmm. and drains it to win a game,
2: mm-hmm. we'll talk. Okay, well let's do it. All right, I'm gonna be be sure to send that to you. By the way, by the way,
5: Steph Curry is going to count his rings mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. Chris Paul counts. Go his. go
2: ask Steph Curry to count his uh, his MVPs in the finals, which is a lousy goose egg. Chris Paul's lousy goose
5: egg. Paul should count his mortgages because he's had so many
2: different houses in different cities. Well, tell him that with State Farm. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Krell, thank you for joining us, man.
5: Thanks for having me. Have Absolutely. a good night.
2: Absolutely. Uh, we were just talking to Painted Lines, NBA reporter, and Sixers writer Austin Krell. Awesome. It was funny. <laughs>
3: you guys will be in an ongoing debate
2: for a while. <laughs> right. Austin Krell. I, listen, I don't mind debating. It's fine. it's, fun. it's I know. Good. But Blake Griffin, come on. Bring Blake Griffin into this conversation? You yeah, you've, I don't know. I don't know which fired you up more, that or Steph Curry. Oh, Blake Griffin is one of the more. <laughs> when he brought up Blake Griffin, I I, I almost had a heart attack. Oh, God almighty.
3: Uh, Jeff says Kevin Knox is the real MVP. Right. Uh, Car- really, Carl? I saw what he wrote. Speedy, <laughs> Speedy, are you more down on your junk or Randall
2: Tatum? I think Randall Tatum.
3: I, have no- I don't have enough analysis of
2: my junk, Carl. I-, I think Randall and Tatum don't have a junk like Speedy. I just think Speedy doesn't put himself up as a high-profile uh, you know, high junk.
3: You know, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. also add on to the uh, the ex Knicks that are on the Maverick, yes, yep. Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blake Griffin was solid. Uh, Jeff says, Blake Griffin, the comedian from the roasts, he mm-hmm. plays basketball. No one cares about the NBA college football playoffs or Friday. And Carl says, discount, double check,
2: absolutely. And uh, Jeff, if you want to call, we're going to do our picks. Uh, but before we do that, what a week, man. What a week for week 16. Week 16, right? Week 16. Week 16. It goes so fast, man. We're playoffs right around the corner. Playoffs. Yeah, playoffs are around the corner. And and by the way, the AFC is so, like. Uh, yeah, the
3: Dolphins are in a playoffs spot now.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. By the way, eight games in a row. They won Seven. Eight, seven games in seven. a row? Seven.
3: They're I mean, the first team in NFL history to lose seven in a row then win
2: seven in a row. <laughs> it's amazing. And that, that tells you what their coach is, Brian Flores. I give Brian Flores a lot of freaking credit. He really does. Special.
1: By the way, Jeff has arrived. Jeff, what's going on, bud? What's up, stupid?
2: Nah, you can call me <laughs> stupid all you want. I don't, I don't care what you say. If if you're gonna if you're gonna bring up Blake Griffin in the conversation, I, I've lost my my will. In I'm not
1: the one that brought up Blake Griffin. Well,
2: he did. So, uh, once he brought Blake Griffin, I, I completely uh, lost a, a lot of conversation with him on that that whole back and forth conversation. But uh, are you ready to do your picks? Sure. Where do we stand? Um, you're three ahead of
3: me. Arrow yeah, gained two from last week.
1: Oh, you won both of the games, really. All yep. right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Are you All ready? All right, good for you. You're catching up. You ready, Speedy?
2: Yep. Okay. Uh get the music and we'll play it. All right, Eagles. Washington. Speedy, who do you got? I got
3: the Eagles in this one. Washington does not look good, look good defensively the last couple of weeks. The Eagles have been a very good defense for much of the season, and they're starting to stop the run now. Uh, if, and if you could cancel out McLaurin, it doesn't seem like the Washington has much left. I'll take the Eagles in this one. I'll say 23-14. to 14.
1: Jeff, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles in this one. Uh, seems to be a mutiny in Washington these days. I mean, players are fighting on the sidelines, and it's Seems to be going the wrong direction, so I'll take the Eagles.
2: Yeah, I would say the same thing after what I saw this past week. Uh, The Eagles are still in the playoff uh, position. I I still think they can make the playoffs with their defense. They've been sensational in the second half of the season. They're one of the best defenses in the league, and their secondary actually woke up. So they're actually playing good football. So give me the Eagles, 24-17. Rams, Ravens.
3: This is interesting. I'm going to take the Rams, but I think it'll be closer than people think. If they didn't, if the Ravens didn't have so many injuries in their secondary, I might take them to win this game because they can run the ball, and the Rams have had trouble stopping the run this year. I just Their secondary has just been so leaky. It's very tough to trust against a McVay offense. It'll be close there. I'll say 27-21 Rams.
1: Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. I just think they're a better football team, and who knows what the, the Ravens are going to have at quarterback. You know, I, was Lamar playing or not playing? I have no idea. Uh, you know, and he, 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 even if he does, he's been out a few weeks now. Is he going to be any good? So give me the Rams.
2: Uh, the the Ravens are missing their two best corners. Uh, it, it, it spells big trouble for Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham. <coughs> I As good as the Ravens have been over the years at home, I think the Rams go over there and run and tramp all, all, all over them. 36-20. Give me the Rams. Um, Buccaneers, Jets.
3: Yeah, there's not much to say with this one. The, the Buccaneers will win this one.
2: Jeff?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Jets in this game. I got no problem taking the Jets.
2: You're out of your mind, but good luck on that. Yeah,
1: yeah, well, you know, yeah, obviously I'm kidding. No one's taking the Jets in anything. It's the Buccaneers all day.
2: Yeah, I got the Buccaneers too. I, it's, I, I mean, the Jets shouldn't have won last week, but it really didn't change their draft status, so. Uh, <laughs> Me the, Although
1: I will say the Jets impressed me last week, not for nothing, with all those people out and they still played pretty good. Even though it was the Jaguars, I picked the Jaguars. You know, uh, Jets were impressive with all those guys out.
2: Well, Zach Wilson was impressive with his legs. I mean, that offensive line still scares the
1: hell out of me. Doesn't matter. They still played. They still had like fifteen guys out and they still played halfway decent. That's yeah. that's a win, dude.
2: Yeah. Uh, I got I I got the Buccaneers. Uh, Dolphins. Titans, who do you got, Speedy?
3: Streak ends here. I'm taking the Titans in this one. I think this this Miami offense is still not the most trustworthy overall to us, but playing playing very well. Jalen Waddle looks very good. But Tennessee's defense has been very good too. And I think that front seven is a good matchup for them against a Miami offensive line that still had their issues. Titans are getting guys back offensively, look good against the 49ers. I'll take Tennessee here. I'll take 23 to 17.
1: Jeff. Yeah, I'm going I'm going with Tennessee too. If you watch that game against the Saints, while the Saints still have a good defense, Dolphins' offense is not very good. They are barely getting it done, barely. So I like the Titans in this game. Uh, I gotta pick a team in,
2: in, in a game, but I'm, I'm I i can not with this game. I like the Titans.
3: You gotta stick to your Super Bowl
2: pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the, AJ Brown was sensational last week, really sensational. I've got the Titans. Uh, I like what the Dolphins are doing, by the way. They're playing great football, but this their streak ends uh, here in uh, Tennessee. Give me the Titans, 17-10. Uh, Jaguars, Patriots.
3: Patriots will win this one easily. That defense is too good. I'll say Patriots 31-10. to
1: 10. Jeff? Patriots are in a lot of trouble in this game, a lot of trouble. Uh, I- I'm going to take the Patriots because the Jaguars are just a mess. This is a game I can see the Jaguars winning. No Juwan Bentley, no Matthew Judon in this game.
2: Ah, I've got the Patriots. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is not even going to be close. I don't. I, I. just think the Patriots are a much better team than the Jaguars. And Jaguars showed me nothing against the Jets last week. They really didn't. They were practically healthy, and the Jets weren't. So give me the Patriots uh, 21-14. Uh, Raiders, Colts.
3: I'll take the Raiders here. Again, they're a very tough team to figure out, but I think with uh, Carson Wentz now going on the COVID list, I think now to having to transition to Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, so to make it very hard. They could game plan for Jonathan Taylor a little easier. And Casey Hayward and Michael Pittman, that could be an interesting matchup. I just don't know if the Colts have the depth after that to be able to attack the rest of the Raiders uh, Raiders secondary. The Colts' defense has been very good. I think they'll keep it interesting. But I could I'll take the Raiders on the road. I'll say... I'll say 20 to 14.
1: Jeff? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to take the Raiders in this game. You know shit is bad in Indy when they're calling Phillip Rivers because they don't like Sam Ellinger. Mm. Right? Like, that's a bad, bad sign for me. So, I'm going to take the Raiders. And not even because I think the Raiders are any good. Just, you know, I'm not seeing uh, how they're going to get much offense going with Sam Ellinger playing
2: Yeah, I got the Raiders, too. Uh, The quarterback position is the only thing that scares me. I I love what I I see with the Colts. and Carlson Wentz comes back. I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts go all the way to the Super Bowl, the way this defense is playing, the way they're running the ball. (laughs) Running and defense is the way of winning a Super Bowl. Uh, But I got the Raiders. Raiders win. Derek Carr uh, has a gem, 28-14. Kansas City and Bengals. I'll take the Bengals here.
3: I've liked the way their defenses play the last three weeks. They're doing well in those critical matchups, too. They've The Raiders, the Broncos, twice with the Ravens, teams they have to beat. They've played very well, and I think this is a big big key for them. That pass rush has been very good. I think the, the Bengals have the weapons to spread the Chiefs around defensively. The, the Chiefs' secondary depth is all right, but it's still not great. And their offensive line has looked good, too. I'll take the Bengals in a shootout here. I'll take Cincinnati 34, Kansas City 28.
1: Who do you got, Jeff? Yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City here. Uh, Kansas City was fairly impressive last week without ba- essentially no Tyree Hill. I realize he played, but he was super limited. And no Travis Kelsey. They're going to get those guys back and going. I'm going to take Kansas City in this one.
2: I, I know. We gotta, I got to start with. You know, winning games. So I'm going to take the Bengals in this game. I think they're in Cincinnati. The Bengals were very impressive this past week. I like what their offense can produce. I think they could put up points against the Chiefs. Uh, It's not in Kansas City, so give me the Bengals in this game. Uh, Especially uh, the the Bengals could stop the run, and if they can make Kansas City one-dimensional, I I think they could beat them. So give me the Bengals. I love what Joe Burrow's did last week. Five, five hundred yards, four touchdowns, sensational, best game of his career. Uh, give me the Bengals uh, 36 30.
3: So basically, this will be one of the games you'll pick the Chiefs on the weekend. crunch of the Bengals here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so you got. Uh, you I had the Cincinnati
3: Chiefs. 34 28, right. Jeff.
2: And the uh, Chiefs. New York Giants, Chicago. This is going to be an interesting game. This is an interesting
3: game. I'll take the Bears. I think it'll be good. Uh, g- low scoring, good defense both ways. Is Daniel Jones
2: coming back this week?
3: Uh, not, not, no, he's out for the season. He's out for the, he's out for the season. Uh, I think. Justin Fields. Again, it's going to be a tough matchup. The Giants do have good outside rushers with the with that defense. They played better in recent weeks. Lorenzo Carter's been good. Uh, Ojalari's been good all season. So I think it'll be a tough matchup, but I still this think this game
2: they, hurts the Giants' draft status. Oh, well, yeah. No matter what happens. It'll flip flop it no matter what. No matter yes. what
3: it'll be a weird circumstance, but the Bears at Soldier Field, that defense is still a little better. Uh, I mean, Matt Nagy's could call plays terribly, but I think they'll do just enough. I'll say Chicago, 16 to
1: 10. Jeff? Oh man, I, it's just the, how do you pick between garbage and trash? You know what I'm saying? Like it's just pathetic. I wouldn't but be I surprised take, if the Giants win. I would be surprised. <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. But it's so hard to take them. And and you know, the better team all year. I'm just gonna take the team that I think has played better all year, which would be the Bears. Uh-huh. I, I really, you know, I, it, it, you know, not much to go off of. You know, who knows who's playing quarterback for either team or what's going on. But I I guess I'll just take the Bears.
2: Only because it's in Chicago, I'm taking the Bears. And and that's the only reason. If it was in New York, I'd take the New York Giants. Um, It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. I think the the advantage goes to the Bears because they're the home team. So give me the Bears. uh, 20 to 10. Um, Bills, Atlanta.
3: I'm going to take the Bills. I think it'll be closer than people think, though, because Atlanta has actually been better defensively. It's a big game for Atlanta. Atlanta has been better defensively in certain weeks, and I think they have the good matchups with the coverage linebackers over the middle of the field to take away the slot receivers that the Bills love to use and to take away Josh Allen running. But the problem is Atlanta does not have the running game to take advantage of the Bills' lack of run defense. Cordero Patterson's been nice, but he's also going to be used as a wide receiver, too. And Tremaine Edmonds, those safeties could help contain Kyle Pitts a little more. And with Calvin Ridley not there, it's going to be very hard for Atlanta. So I'm going to take Buffalo. It's going to be closer than people think. This
2: is a playoff game for Falcons. Yeah.
3: Uh, but I, they could, no, they definitely could win this one. I'm going to take Buffalo close, 20 to 13.
1: Jeff? Yeah, the Bills are going to win this game. I think Atlanta has kind of given up on the season. Not really much to like in Atlanta. The Bills are playing. And you know, the Bills have a lot to play for, too. Any loss and the Patriots win out and they'll win the division. So, and. The Bills need this game. So, yeah, I'll take the Bills.
2: Well, again, another game that if uh, Atlanta was home, I'd take Atlanta. Because it's in Buffalo, it's going to be cold. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be wet. I'm going to give it to the Bills in the big arm of Josh Allen. Give me the Bills, uh, even though they can't run the ball. Um, 24-14. This game is interesting, especially what the Texans did this week. Uh, The Texans... (laughs) And San Francisco. Oh,
3: I, oh! I think we're going to get to the team that lost to the Texans. Yeah. I'm going to roast them next. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the Texans will hang tough in this game. San Francisco had a lot of trouble against Tennessee's defense last week, and or Tennessee's offense last week. So I think you could see some big plays here and there from Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks. Niners will win this game on talent, but I think Houston keeps it close for a while. San Francisco's defense will <laughs> get the plays they need at the end of the game. I'll say San Francisco 20, 26 to fourteen.
1: Who do you got, Jeff? Yeah, San Francisco's winning this game. They are the much better team. I don't care how, you know, listen, even the sunshine's on a dog's ass every once in a while. So good for Houston for winning last week, but you stink. So the 49ers are winning this football game.
2: If the 49ers don't win, they're done. They're not making the playoffs. And that's why it's an important game for the 49ers. Give me the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Hurt. He, I, I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback position. If they, they think their rookie's going to take them all the way to the sunshine, uh, of, uh, you know, L.A., uh, it's not going to happen. So uh, give me the 49ers uh, because they can run the ball. Uh, 17-14. Uh, Broncos in your charge.
3: Speaking of L.A., there's no sunshine there for a team that allowed 41 points to the Texans. Yeah, no, this is not a trustworthy defense anymore if you're going to do that. Yikes. The Broncos can run the ball. The Chargers cannot stop the run. And even the Broncos offense, which isn't great, still has talent on it, where they should take advantage of the Chargers defense that allowed 41 points to the Texans. Game will be close, but I just have to roast them for that. Broncos win it 21-17. to
1: Go ahead, Jeff. It's hard to pick the Chargers because they are so Jekyll and Hyde right now. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Chargers into this game. I don't believe in the Broncos. I don't believe that they have a good quarterback. I don't, you know, their defense is all right, but you know the Broncos aren't exactly lighting the world on fire, and, and at least you can score some points with with uh, the Chargers. So I'll take the Chargers in this game.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, I got to take the Chargers too. I, I want to take the Broncos, but uh, who's the quarterback for the Broncos?
1: Drew Lock. Yeah, I don't
2: trust him. Um, You're trusting no. a defense on a 41 of the Texans. I'm going to trust Justin <laughs> Herbert. I'm going to trust Justin <clears throat> Herbert. That's going to outdo that offense. So give me the Chargers. It'll be close. 24-20. Uh, Saints, Panthers.
3: I'll take the Panthers. I think they're due to win at some point. I mean, they, they, they can't be this bad. They're not this bad talent wise. I know their offense has had their woes. Sam Darnold's coming back this week to be the starter. He came they, back last week. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but now he's gonna be the, now he's gonna be the full time starter. They actually announced that like, he would be definite. And the Saints, they look sloppy on offense without Taysom <laughs> Hill there. I don't now know Rule's if he's gonna be looking. For I do come back. Maybe, but. I, I, I think they'll win this game, though. I think they still have a lot of talent with their receivers. I think they'll steal one here from the Saints. This is a pressure one for the Saints. I'll take Carolina. I'll say 20 to 14.
1: Jeff? Yeah, I'm taking the Saints in this game. Who would have thought Cam Newton couldn't throw? Oh, my God. How, who saw him getting benched coming? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen him. Dude, Carolina stinks. Cam Newton stinks. It, it, there's nothing to like about them. The the Saints are going to win this football
2: game. Yeah, I got the Saints, too. I I hate when you pick the same teams as me. Uh, You're going to pick the Broncos.
1: I'll let Uh. let you go first, then. You can pick ahead of me. All right,
2: I'll pick ahead of you. I got the Saints, too. Um, I think it'll be close. Not a big scoring game. 14-10. Both teams, horrible offense this year. So I'm going to go with the Saints. Um, Seahawks. Lions. All right, so
3: a team that wins a lot of games on fluky plays versus a team that loses a lot of games on fluky plays. The Seahawks will win this game in some ugly, weird way. Uh, I think their defense has been a little better in the second half of the season. Detroit's defense has actually been pretty good all year, especially against the pass. Aaron Glenn's done a nice job with that secondary, and uh, the, uh, the kid from Penn State, Amani Aware, that was a young corner for them, is. Quietly having a Pro Bowl type season for them, even without Okuna. But I think Seattle will still win with Russell Wilson winning. it I don't want fluky. Seattle win. I know you don't want to, but I feel like it'll be something fluky. They'll win it. I will say, I'll even here. I'll even give it a one point game, twenty-one twenty.
2: Seattle. I, I, think, I think this game's gonna be very close in lines. So they'll have a chance to win, but I can't. I can't bet that Seattle's gonna lose in Seattle. <clears throat> and they've been. They've just been horrible this year, and they didn't look good last week against Chicago uh, in Chicago. So, give me Seattle. This is a close game, seventeen sixteen.
1: Jeff, yeah, you gotta you gotta go Seattle. I mean, that's you know, uh, how how can anyone honestly pick Detroit this year in anything? You know, I mean, we all like them. We all rooting for them. We all think Dan Campbell is you know a likable guy and you know that kind of stuff, and we like the way that the direction the team is starting to go, but. He, You can't pick them right now, so uh, you got to go Seattle. All right, Cowboys and the Cardinals. Big game for the Cowboys.
3: I'll take the Cardinals to bounce back here. The Cowboys have a bit of a letdown after their 56-point dousing. I think the Cardinals are kind of playing it too safe for a while. They were playing down to teams. I think you'll see that full-blown offense again. I I think they'll be able to spread it out. They'll be able to decoy away from Trayvon Diggs. I think Kyler Murray will be able to run. Uh, the, foul, uh, the, the Dan Quinn defense is a base-type defense. Well, I don't know, if, if outside of Micah Parsons, if they really have the rangy-type linebackers to contain Kyler Murray. So I think that'll be a good matchup advantage for them. And even though they, they've had trouble stopping the run, Zeke's been very inconsistent as has Pollard. So I'll take the Cardinals. Close one here. I will say 27-24. Who
2: do you got, Jeff? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. I, I got the Cowboys in this game. I think uh, being that it's in Dallas... Uh, Going all the way to Dallas. I I, I know a lot of people like Arizona. Arizona has not looked good this week. uh, I mean, last week. They haven't looked good the last five weeks. And Kyler Murray's been, you know, back and forth. But I don't know if he's 100% healthy. I like what the Cowboys did against Washington. I think that they're going, going, being that this is a home game, I think they'll be able to run against this Arizona team. So give me the Cowboys. This is going to be a a very close game. 27-24 Cowboys.
1: I, you know, I'm, I'm a Cardinals guy. I, I, I pick them to win the division. They're probably not going to do that. I've picked them to win almost every week, but I can't, you know, I can't keep picking the Cardinals because they keep sucking, right? Like, without DeAndre Hopkins, they have really looked like a terrible team. Now James Conner is hurt, and Chase Edmonds is is whatever, and no one's behind him. Eno Benjamin is just an unproven guy, and Dallas is putting it on people. So you got to go with Dallas.
2: Green Bay. And Minnesota, this is a big game for Minnesota. Big game for Minnesota.
3: The problem is they're not going to have Adam Thielen, so that'll make the receiving depth relying on mm-hmm. KJ Osborne, who's played pretty well this year. But you got to be able to spread it out because Jair Alexander has been activated and should play now for Green Bay, which makes him and Justin Jefferson a, a matchup that will cancel out, I would think, to an extent if they if they coach it right. Green Bay's been better at stopping the run. Dalvin Cook, uh not a hundred percent, so I mean, we'll see how he plays coming back. And the Vikings. Defense has been up and down, so it's, it's tough to trust right now. I'll take Green Bay. Uh, still kind of close. I will say 30-21. to 21.
2: This is going to be not even close. Green Bay is going to run and trample all over Minnesota. Remember, Minnesota won the first game of the season. By one point, it's not going to be even close in this game. You know Ar- Aaron Rodgers is going to come out strong. He's going to try to prove a point. Uh, we've heard what Aaron Rodgers has to say about Minnesota, that they don't even – they're not even the same hemisphere as this Green Bay Packer team. Uh, give me Green Bay thirty-six twenty.
1: Jeff, yeah, yeah. Hard to take Minnesota without their full complement of weapons, and and it's not like Adam Thielen is just an ordinary guy. He's a top fifteen receiver in the league, really. You know, so without him, hard to see him beating Green Bay. So I'll take the Packers. And now the final
2: game of the week: the Steelers and the Browns in Pittsburgh. Speedy. My AFC
3: champs, it looks like their confidence is now shot.
2: They're done. I I, I
3: got to take the Steelers in this one. I think they're still a little peskier. The Browns have lost a lot of close games. They're turning into the Chargers and the Bills and teams like that where they're just, it seems like they're just losing confidence. Their defense played well to, in some parts of the game against the Packers, came back, but they still really look like they got outmatched in a lot of areas. The Steelers are a more experienced primetime team, better coached. I'll take them to win a sloppy one, I'll say. 20 to 13.
2: How about you,
1: Jeff? I'm, I'm going to pick whoever you don't pick. I'm, I'm well, listen, I'm, I'm very torn because Pittsburgh played a very close game against the chiefs last week. Very close game. I mean, scoring that one touchdown in garbage time, just impressive. Uh, So I'm taking the Browns in this one. I don't care. The Browns can still play some pretty good defense. There's not a lot to like in Pittsburgh. It's really going wrong. Oh, uh, you know, A lot of ways for them. Ben Ben Roethlisberger looks terrible. I'm taking the Browns.
2: All right, since you're taking the Browns, I got to go on the opposite side. I'm taking the Steelers in this game. They're the home team. They need this game because if they win this game, they're one game behind. If the Bengals lose this week and –
1: Well, both teams need this game.
2: Yes. Well, I I don't think the Browns are making it. I, I just don't. That tie for the Steelers might help them, you know, get a wild
1: card spot. Um, yeah, but if the Browns win this game, that would put them ahead of the Steelers.
2: Yes, but I, I just think that if the Steelers win, they have a better chance of making a playoffs. Give me the Steelers. Uh, I think the Steelers win this game. Uh, I think it'll be Did close. Did you see
1: that? Did you see the Steelers game last week? Yeah. How
2: close was that? Yeah, I saw the game. Thank you. Thank you for opening your big fat mouth, which always loves to do. So What, what are you talking about? That
1: was a close game, right?
3: Know. You, know what yeah. else, you know what else was a close game? The Chargers allowing 41 points to the Texans. Do
1: you want to throw in a couple of bonus games here? Let's not wait all the way till Sunday to watch some games here, man. What, we got a couple of bonus games if you want what on bonus Friday. Well, okay, you want to you pick that? Let's do it. Are these going got? Are these going to count against our record or no? Uh, let's do it. All right, uh, we're out a college
3: football uh, into the mix. We'll do nice. Let's do it. Let's uh, do uh, it. Don't,
1: don't let them count against our record because uh, I'm going to surprise it. you. I let's think. do it. Let's do it. No, no, no. Let's just pick them, but not have a all go right. against
0: our all season
2: right. total. Uh, all right, it's fine. Go ahead. Who do you
0: got?
3: All right, I'll say t- I'll take Georgia in this one. I think o- over Michigan. I-, I think their defense still being able to stop the run will be able to contain that two-headed monster rushing attack. Uh, and will Michigan be able to throw the ball when they need to? Is gonna be it's gonna be tough. I think Michigan's defense keeps it close for a while. I'll say Georgia wins it. I'll say twenty-four to fourteen.
1: Jeff, who do you got? Georgia's winning this football game. Michigan has no passing offense whatsoever, and that's how you beat Georgia. you got to pass. If you're a run-only team, you're going to be in for a rough ride. So uh, I, I really like the dogs in this game.
2: I know you like the dogs. You have them winning the national championship, and I'm going to go with the Bulldogs too. Uh, I, I, as much as I like Michigan, I want to see Michigan win, and I, I hope they win. I really do. I hope they win. But I, I just – the door, I, I, I wish they played Alabama or Cincinnati. I think it would have made more sense.
1: Listen, Um, you you know, uh, I got Aiden Hutchinson as my number one pick in the draft. Yeah, he's number
2: one. He's definitely number one. Definitely number
1: one. But, you know, still taking the dogs.
2: And the Lions, I mean, the Jaguars look like they're getting the number one pick. So, again, so... (laughs) It looks like it's going to be 80 in yeah, over there. What great What great coaching hire will they make, though? I, I think they're going to get a good coach this
3: time. I they're, do. Going, they're going to hire Byron Leftwich. Yeah,
2: that seems that seems like it right now. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs. So there you go.
3: So Cincinnati and Alabama. Uh, I'll take Alabama in this one. I think this will be a higher scoring game than than the Georgia Michigan game because. Alabama is known to struggle against mobile quarterbacks, so I do think Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce and the group of tight ends that the, that Cincinnati has will make it, uh, will make it close for a while in the beginning of the game because the Alabama secondary hasn't been great either. Uh, the question is, this will be an interesting one. Jerome Ford, a former Alabama running back, against uh, against Alabama now, will I, I, will he be able to expose some things? But usually that edge goes to the coach. So I do think they'll be kind of one dimensional, whereas Alabama will balance themselves out throughout the game. I'll say Alabama wins it. I'll say thirty-five to twenty-four.
1: Jeff, I'm going Cincinnati in this one. I knew you were going to go with Cincinnati. Speedy, Speedy's absolutely correct. Alabama struggles against mobile quarterbacks, and and Cincinnati's got the weapons. And it's you know it, it's a combination of a couple of things, right? Because that the kid Job for Alabama, the quarterback, he's not playing. He tore an ACL, I think, or an ankle. Yeah, something like that. Something, yeah. Something happened to him. And the other thing, you know, Mechie with the ACL being out, that means they can double team, uh, you know, with Kobe Bryant and Sauce Gardner on, yes. on Williams. So they can really slow that down when it's down. You know, Alabama's in a tough spot. They're really down to just like one reliable wide receiver. So it, it's not that I would normally take Alabama if they had their weapons. Cincinnati plays good defense. I'm, I'm going to take the upset here. Huh.
2: I'm going to go with Alabama. I think it's the Bulldogs-Alabama uh, national championship. And then the Bulldogs the Bulldogs shut the uh, Bama's up in the, the, the national championship after winning the, uh, the uh, SEC championship. Uh, I, I, think, I think Alabama's the better team. I wouldn't be surprised if Cincinnati wins. I wouldn't, um, especially with the running quarterback. And they have problems with mobile quarterbacks. We've, we've heard over the years with Johnny Manziel, And all the different quarterbacks he's played against and and what, uh, obviously, uh, Mr. Nick Nick, uh, Nick the Dick uh, says all the time. So I'm going to go Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, Alabama Bulldogs in the national championship. So there you go. Uh, Uh,
3: Yes, Carl, I know that the Broncos are not going to make the playoffs. That's fine. They're going to end the Chargers, too. The Chargers will fall with me.
2: I, 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 it's unbelievable what's happened to the Chargers. It really has. I really think they were sure sure in in the playoffs and a dangerous team. A lot of the analysts that we've had on the show, um, Speedy, you could shut the music. Um, I, 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 I thought that the Chargers were a playoff team, and they still could be, but they've looked horrible the last couple of weeks. They really have. And th- there's no excuses. I don't want to hear, as good as Justin Herbert has been this year in certain aspects of his game, in certain games, he's just disappeared off the face of the earth. And if you want to be an elite quarterback, and you want to be compared to the elite contending or Philip Rivers. Uh, you, you gotta you gotta show up every single day. You gotta you gotta put the you know. I saw videos of Philip Rivers on Facebook when they scored a touchdown. He threw a ninety yard pass and he's screaming. He's screaming at the Jaguars and everything. He doesn't have that, that that enthusiasm that Phillip Rivers has, and he really doesn't.
3: Yes, when he screamed at the refs in the overtime against the Jaguars, and it gave him a penalty, and they eventually no, had lost. Defensive
2: player had a defensive player. Oh, okay,
3: because he also did it at the refs, too, and they lost it overtime. I but, think it was 2018 or 19, something like that.
2: I don't know what's going you know, on. You, with
1: yeah, go you know what's tough for the Chargers here, too? This is like a really weird thing, right, is, you know, normally when you see a team collapse and have this kind of a, a rough run, You can go, oh, well, they don't have this, or they don't have that, or what. Listen, Keenan Allen's a great wide receiver. Mike Williams has really come on this year. Jared Cook is not a bad tight end that helps shore up that offensive line. Justin Herbert can certainly throw it. Eckler is a terrific running. Where can they improve? Mm. How can they improve? They have a ton of really good players on that team.
3: Jeff, that has been my entire mantra of least clutch team of football. They're always a good player development team. I think they have a top 10 roster, and yet they find ways to lose games,
2: and now they find ways to win all 41 points to the Texans. Well... It's going to be interesting. And I don't know if we're going to have a show tomorrow, but next week we will be here every for starting the new year. We'll be here every Wednesday and every Thursday. We won't miss a beat. I, I don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Well, it's a like, game time decision. That's why we did our picks.
1: So but the, we... the problem, the problem Speedy is they didn't lose to the Texans. Rex Burke had scored two touchdowns. Brandon Cooks had a couple of tutties. They lost to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is fair.
2: Yep. And I, by the way, the Patriots have not looked good the last so, couple. So of they years got swept by
1: the Patriots this year, Jeff. But I, I'm, no, not Patriot, ab- I'm not worried. I'm not worried. The Patriots worried about the are Patriots. fools. The Patriots are fools gold. That's all the Patriots are. They've lost. They've lost to every good team they've played this year. Mm. Every one of them they've lost to. And
2: the Chargers lost <laughs> to the Texans. I'm telling you guys, if, if Carson wins, you know, if everybody's healthy going into the playoffs, watch out for the Colts because I. Uh, the Colts, I've been watching them on hard knocks. Uh, this team is, they're real. They they got a good running game. Their defense is peaking at the right time. Uh, I mean, this is a dangerous, and Carlson Wentz has had a good season. He really has. Underrated season Uh, for, for all the woes and everybody saying that he's not a quarterback and he's not a starting quarterback. Look at the n- numbers he has this year. I think he's got 27 touchdowns. Yeah, he's been more efficient in years past. Seven interceptions. I mean, he's been fantastic this year. And, yes, they have arguably the best running back in football right now. So you can't argue that. I mean, they're sensational. They really are. They're and they got Pittman, who's a good wide receiver. I mean, they got weapons. They're yes, good. Carl.
3: I know. I will lose the bet, and I will take this advantage of this bet to also roast the that? Chargers. The I have to wear underwear on my head if the Broncos miss the playoffs. That's yes, right. That's right. yes. Which it seems like they're going to do. But don't <laughs> worry, I'm taking the Chargers down with me.
1: You know, uh, looking looking way too ahead on this on this thing. Um, you know, for the Jets and for the Giants, where did their draft pick? They're both, they both have two top 10 draft picks, right? Yeah, the Jets Jets are four
3: and six right now. The Giants are five and eight. Uh,
2: Yeah, the Jets, the Jets have a very good chance. I think they're both, no matter what happens, both teams are not winning. If the Giants win this week, this is the only chance the Giants have to to win uh, for the rest of the year. If they beat the, the Chicago Bears, they could fall out from five to like seven, you know, but the the Giants the Giants are gonna be a top ten. I mean so the, the Giants, Giants
3: the Giants play Washington. They could be Washington, so just as easily. No, I don't think they beat Washington. I, probably not, but it's not like out of the realm of possibilities. I Washington's think they, in kind of a free fall. I think right that the better
2: chance is, is they beat the, the Chicago. Oh players. sure.
3: I'm just saying I, 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 I wouldn't rule it out cause the one they're at home too, and the two, the Washington football team's in a free fall right
1: now. Mm-hmm. So so both one of you is a Jets fan, the other is a Giants fan. Yeah if one's it i think you said four and six and mm-hmm. five and eight right yeah
3: the jets are four and six so, right now because the bears beat the seahawks because the seahawks decided to blow a 24 <laughs> to 10 lead or
1: whatever it was mm-hmm.
3: and then the bears went so, for two and so, they got
1: it so uh just a question for both of you Errol for the jets you for the Giants, speedy if you had a way too early wish list who who would you like to see them take it four and six and then five and eight
2: I want the per two. I'm the Jets. Uh, I, if Neil is sitting there at four, you draft Neil at four. You solidify your offensive line. And make sure that offensive line is is, is going to protect their their franchise quarterback for the future. That you have Makai Beckham and then you have him on the other side. You got a pretty massive line, and you have Elijah Verrett Tucker. McGovern was one of the best centers in the league statistically this year. I mean, you're really just missing a guard, and maybe you solidify your offensive line for years. That is where I would go at four, at six. The kid from Purdue. That's who I want. I, w- I want the kid. uh Kalafis. 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 Yeah.
1: I want the pass. That- to me, I told I, you watch out for Karloff because he's shot up everybody's draft board. No one even heard of him. I
2: He's the guy I want. I think he's the best pass rusher in this draft class. That's what oh. I think. I, yeah, I, I kind of think similar.
1: That's, yeah, that's kind of a crazy thing to I say know. he's the best pass rusher I, when Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson are lighting it up. That, that That's fine, but Purdue has
2: no defensive line, and this guy is getting double team, and he's still getting sacks. I'm gonna go with the guy that's the monster, and I—that's I, 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 who I want. I, I want to—I want to solidify my offensive line, and solidify and get another pass rusher to go on the other side of Carl Lawson. So you got a young guy and, an, and a veteran guy who's still fairly young at 27. You, then
1: you can solidify that defensive line that's had problems all year. So you would. Yeah. So you pass. So you'd take Carl Lawson. And listen, it's all preference, and, and you know I get it. But you'd 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 pass on Stingley to rather see Carl Lawson? Yes because i i don't think i don't
2: think the secondary of the jets is that bad i think they they're a lot better than people think and, and remember a lot of their young players have gotten hurt as towards a couple the of end good of
1: safeties there too you got andrew booth and then um, that kid hamilton from Notre Dame, too yeah. so it's not just corner yeah
3: well, I, yeah booth booth has been scouted as a corner too i think a lot of teams want him there as well
1: um
2: I, here's the thing i i think marcus may tearing his Achilles i think the jets will sign him and they won't have to pay overpay him <clears throat> So I, I think why go after safety when you're going to bring back Marcus May and you're going to give him a, a fairly decent contract? So uh, and Marcus right, you know,
1: So I, so right, I kind of, five, I, five and eight.
3: I kind of think similar to Errol, where unless one of the other pass rushers fall, I'm going to want the pass rusher at five. Now, if Evan Neal falls to five, and let's say the Jets do take Carl Loftus, and maybe. The other pass rushers go at, at the top three, and then there's a surprise or something like that. Then maybe they get, maybe they could trade eight back. If or... Tipito falls out to four, I'm drafting Tipito. Okay, that's fine. Okay, now
2: I'm definitely Jeff. I,
3: I don't know. The not Hutchinson, the guy, the other guy, the other linebacker, the other pass rushing linebacker for Michigan. Is he draft eligible Jabo. this year?
1: Yeah. Is oh, he? Jabo. Yeah, he's in the draft.
3: Because yep. I, I, he's a nice kid, too, that I wouldn't mind the Giants taking as well, because he has he has a lot of talent as well, because they could trade back and do a lot of different things. There's a lot of good inside linebackers that could be in that area. The, the Georgia kid, also the kid, uh, the kid Lloyd, I like a lot from Utah. Is going to be in that probably if they trade back in the That's middle, an
1: interesting
3: in the middle or the late first round, depends. Because the Giants, I don't think they really need secondary help where I would want one of those corners. I mean, unless they trade a Dory Jackson or something like that, and then they, maybe they could take one of the Cincinnati corners. Uh, I don't think they really need safety either. So it, the ideal thing would be. Neil and a pass rusher, but I don't think that's going to be there. The other thing, too, is interior offensive linemen the Giants can use a lot of, and there's a couple of guards. The kid from Texas, is it Texas A&M has been rising up a lot of the draft boards. They got Lindenbaum that's available. The kid you were talking about last week, Jeff from NC State. The, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of options there with that, where if they trade back and maybe go to the middle, and they could take one of those guys along with a pass rusher, I think that would be a good ideal circumstance for them because they could also use the extra draft Just picks, remember, so.
2: Philadelphia has three first-round draft picks because
3: Philly's going to take one of those corners, I would imagine. I
2: could see Philly trade, trying to trade up and giving up two of those picks, so... I'll be surprised. Yeah, they
3: might. I think they're going to do that for Stingley Mm because they could, alongside Slay, because their second and depth corners aren't really good at all. But if they could get Slay with Stingley together, even when Slay starts diminishing because he is getting older. When when that happens, then you got Stingley as the number one emerging into that. I think that's what the Eagles are going to do. If they don't do that, then they'll get one of the Cincinnati guys who are really good too.
1: I have a feeling Stingley's pretty, cr- pretty crazy. Home. Neither of you uh, see wide receivers as a need or anything like that.
3: I like some of the wide receivers. I don't think it's a first round need. I don't mind it as a second round pick. For I the think the Jets
2: with the two second round draft picks, they they'll look at wide receiver in the second round like they did last year, like they did two, uh, two years ago with Mims. I think I still think that the Jets will, in the offseason, trade Denzel Mims. I don't think he fits their offense. They might get a third or maybe, maybe a second for him, move on from him, because obviously they don't think that he fits their offense. And uh, they might get an extra second or a third this year, so who knows? Burks other. is
3: my favorite receiver of the bunch, but he's probably more of a mid-first-round prospect. If the Giants traded back, I wouldn't mind it, but I think they have other needs right now to do that. I don't mind them for a second-round pick addressing that kind of thing, though, because there is like uh, we had uh, we had some draft analysts and some of our draft guys have said like it's a deep receiver, but there's no like obvious ones where like. 16 through the second round there's going to be a lot of them taken there and i don't mind the oh. giants poaching one there
1: i think there's a lot of obvious receivers to take early you don't think jameson williams is probably the best receiver in the draft
3: i like burks more i his size and his, Bur- his speed Bur- for his no, size. Burks
1: is burks is an end of the first round guy i he think is. he's more
3: middle okay i think he's more middle
1: first round i like him a lot i mean i could i could see i could name Easily three dudes I'd take before Burks. Easily three dudes: Jamison Williams, Drake London. Jamison um, Williams is from Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. He wrote. Yeah, I mean, London's he, I injury
3: concerns played. me, though. We'll see how he comes I, back. I from. wouldn't
1: worry too much. You know, I you know I could give you David Bell. I, I like David Bell, so
3: I like David Gar- Bell. Garrett
1: Garrett Wilson. Okay, I really like Garrett Wilson. A lot of people like Olave. Nah, I think, nah, a I think he's youth. more of a
3: safe guy. I think Wilson's a more skilled.
1: I, I, you know, I, I see a speed issue with with Burks. Like he's big and strong and all of that. I don't know if he's going to run by a lot of NFL guys.
3: But I think he's a good route runner as good quickness though too, with those routes. He's not just like a straight street guy either. So I, I'm not as worried about that with him in terms of like the raw speed being just a little bit behind maybe because I don't think his release is that bad.
2: I see. I, no, see, I, I see the Patriots drafting a a wide receiver in the first round. I can see that happening.
1: I can see that happening. Dude, they need everything on offense.
2: Mm-hmm. I could see them uh drafting a wide receiver in the first round. I could see it.
1: Yeah, I could I could see that. You know, another need for them cornerback. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they need that as well. You know, they could go a lot of different ways. You know, depending on how many I think linebackers they, the... they lose, they could use a linebacker. I think they sure. have the
2: best I think they have the best corner in the league. The Patriots.
1: I don't... Uh, maybe, I mean he's good, you know, I'm you know, but they could he's use another one good. on the other side. Yeah, he's better than good. I, I, right. Dane, I think he's the best. But corner you know, how many teams have we seen with one corner? You know, for the years, uh, Dur- the Jets had Darrell Rebus in his prime in his peak, mm-hmm. and that didn't seem to help them much. Well, that's you know? because so,
2: because they always tried to find the other side to fill in that other side, and they couldn't find. Him. But that's my
1: but that's was got good you. when he
3: first got there. But yeah, yeah but that's exactly my off. point. I with got the Patriots,
1: though. I got you. I got that's you. exactly the point. Like, great, we got J.C. Jackson, terrific. Well, who's covering the other three dudes running? Well, around? yeah,
3: that's what I was saying too. With Slay, like that's his whole career. The Lions, even with the Lions, like they had nobody else after that. Who was their number two corner, Nevin Lawson? Like now, the Eagles yeah. kind of have that too. With Avante Maddox is probably their second corner, who's more of a slot guy. That's what they're using, and it's gonna be. It's very hard for the Sh- Slay's greatest shadowing of the one guy, and you have this thing. And the same problem with receivers too. A lot of teams are built where they only have the one
1: receiver and a big drop off. And you guys have named a lot of names, but you know when you're looking, you both have had said you wanted like a pass rusher or something. Mm-hmm. Don't be surprised if Jermaine Johnson is the guy.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not. I'm good with you that. You guys,
1: yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know, it, he's not like the big name in the draft. Everyone's talking Ojabo and Hutchinson and Thibodeau, but Jermaine Johnson's a guy that's getting a lot of love from a lot of people as well. And, you know, not for nothing, I think the, you know, and again, it's not a sexy position, so people don't talk about it, but maybe the best player in the draft, like maybe the guy that's going to have the most impact, Jordan Davis. Yes. You know, I mean Yeah,
3: I, again another yeah. position I don't know if the Giants necessarily need need unless they try to move Leonard Williams contract. I like Jordan Davis as a raw prospect though. I think he'll be very good. I think he I think he's gonna go a lot of a lot earlier than people think too, because interior offensive linemen have also been climbing and that's, well, that, he's not
1: an offensive lineman. Or d- so.
3: defensive, defensive lineman, my bad. Defensive linemen have been climbing where they're dra- being drafted in the 10 through 15 range a lot more than they were in the past. So I think there will definitely be teams interested in that. I don't know if it's the biggest thing for the Giants right now unless they trade Leonard Williams' contract because they are they have him and Lawrence already in there. and. How much power rushers could you really try to have in comparison to the first round
1: picks, where they need other things? No, I mean, I yeah, listen, I totally understand that. I just look at, you know, it, this is for me a good barometer is, you know, because we always, you know, there's going to be the combine that, that shows up and things like that, and everyone's always going to be like, oh, well, this guy's is fast, or this guy does, you know, bench presses two fifty or whatever it is, right. a, a thousand times or whatever, and someone's going to fall in love with someone and, and gain some traction, but. Uh, the best player on the best defense but in college, that's a pretty good pick to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Well,
1: yeah. yeah. And then I mean, there's
3: the other extreme where people will bash their Cobb by performance. And then you have a case like Orlando Brown, <laughs> right? Who drafted to the third round and now he's great.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. No, like that happens all the time as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, But you know, it, you know, it's hard to overstate how good I think Jordan Davis is, mm-hmm. but he also doesn't get any respect because you know, uh, it's, not a premier, a nose, not a, not a, a flashy tackle. position. Yeah. Yeah, he's a nose tackle, so right. You know, and he's in college. He's sucking up three guys right to him. Mm. Now I that mean, the guy's six foot thirteen and freaking, you know, two ninety and runs like a deer. That's crazy.
3: Mm-hmm. You want to, you want to interior defensive lineman help your run defense, Chargers. That's
1: probably where you should be looking. <clears throat> oh my god. You are you. You have this thing for them, man. Leave them alone, bro. Oh. I allowed forty one points to the Texans. Listen to that's this: Kardashians
2: sad. are in in the news, but not very good. Business manager to the Kardashian found dead. Boyfriend charged with murder, torture.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, listen. That's that's not the first person that that they've had offed. Look what they did to Ben Simmons's career. They killed that thing. You know, they kill everybody's career when they <laughs> date him. Has Has anyone seen Chris Humphreys and where he is these days? Jeez, he got a taste of a Kardashian oh. and boom.
3: Death. Jeff, Jeff. By the way, I, I know you were commenting during the interview with, that we just had with 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 Austin. Uh, I was saying how uh, if if Ben Simmons gets traded to the Celtics, would you change your allegiance of
1: teams like Mikey C did? <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby?
2: <laughs> Don't
1: you uh, listen. It's not happening. Uh-huh. but like the, listen, uh, I respect austin and and he probably knows a lot about the Sixers, and I did see the interview and good you know, good for him and all. listen. The Sixers have a major problem because no one wants a guy that can't shoot. It's a shooter's league, and Ben Simmons can't shoot. Uh-huh. Who wants that guy?
2: Uh-huh.
1: I agree, you know. So, you know, they can sit there all they want and say, we're holding out for this enormous price. Well, as time goes on, you, you know, you, they're going to figure out really quickly. Uh, we're going to have to take what we can get. Oh. You know, it's, it's nice to ask for anything. You know what I'm saying? Speedy, I'd like to be going to bed tonight with about a dozen Victoria's Secret models. <laughs> it's nice to ask for it, but is it going to happen? Probably No. <laughs> right. So they can ask for whatever they want. But there's also a reason why he's still a Philadelphia 76er, you know, it's because everyone's like, Oh, you want to give us trash? Well, we're going to give you trash back. Well, you know, I mean, who wants Ben Simmons, who thinks like there are, it's so limited the teams that Ben Simmons would make better. mm. If he goes to Boston, right? Like, let's just say he goes to Boston. What are they trading away? It's, Got to be a package with Tatum or Brown in it. One of them, right? Mm-hmm. You would think. Yep. Does that make Boston better? Yeah. I don't. The, Boston needs more offensive depth. They
3: their defenses look good this year. It's their offense. Right, but this is it seems like they're winning every game
1: ninety one to eighty eight. Right, but this is what I'm saying. He doesn't. He doesn't offer anything for Boston. No,
3: I don't think so either. They need they need more
1: they need more offensive right.
3: playmaking. Some maybe a point guard, maybe something, just something to help their offense.
1: I, 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 listen, I'll I'll give you the trade right now that probably makes the most sense because the experiment has gone wrong in Los Angeles. Yo, Russell Westbrook needs to go to Philly for Ben Simmons, and maybe that would work better. Because Russ has taken too many terrible shots and he's hurting the Lakers. And we all know Ben Simmons won't shoot it. (laughs) They'll just play defense, shut up, and dribble.
2: Interesting.
1: Do you think it's working with Russ? No, it's not. It's not. You know, he's taking terrible shots. He's doing dumb shit. That could possibly work. And maybe it would be a win for Philly too. Maybe having Russ there and can take some of the heat off and get to the rim for philly maybe that would work but there's not a lot of teams ben simmons makes better no you're right he can't he can't shoot you're and right. i and i know you guys are gonna go oh well you've said that forever and you just hate him <laughs> yes i have said it forever and it also happens to be true how many career three-pointers has he made
3: We looked right? it, it was it was 12 for 74 or something in his
1: career I mean, is that counting preseason? I don't think he's... No, no, it, no it, it
3: was 12. I, uh, we, we looked it up that one time. No, no. The, the basketball reference stats don't count preseason games. Yeah.
1: So he's been in the league four or five years, and he's made 12 three-pointers? Yeah. As a, as a point guard? Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. Who's, who, who's the guy at the end of the Knicks bench? Who's behind Derrick Rose? <laughs> and I'll bet they have more than 12 three-pointers made in the league. <laughs>
2: I think McBride right? has like, like six. Well, McBride's, uh, McBride's
1: probably not the one at the end. It's probably one of the, like, Jericho Sims or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. But but Ben Simmons shoots the ball at a clip of the 14th guy. How many guys are on the team? 15, 16? Yeah. yeah. Ben Simmons shoots like the 14th guy on the bench.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: That's how he shoots it. And yeah. when he shoots free throws, he can't make those either. Mm hmm. Jeff, and we can... somehow magically, he got a max contract. Yeah. Uh...
0: <sighs>
1: Jeff,
2: thank you for calling, bud. Uh, if we don't, if we're not on tomorrow, we'll definitely see you next week. Have a, have a merry, merry Christmas. Obviously, Christmas is over, and happy New Year.
1: So why would you even say that, you dope?
2: Because I never got a chance to say Merry Christmas to you. So there you go.
1: Yeah, I don't care about Christmas. I hate ha. I hate people that are happy. Oh, I, I I hate happiness.
2: Okay. <laughs> happy New Year. <laughs>
1: No, just New Year New Year (laughs) I'll talk to you later, Jeff
2: Jeff from Tampa Wonderful New Year (laughs) Thank you to all the fans for sticking with us All year round If we are, are not back tomorrow We will be back full force Wednesday and Thursday next week Tyler will be in the studio so we can pick on his ass The little bastard that he is um but uh thank you to all the fans to stick by us and listen to our shows throughout the country. really appreciate all the all the dedication and love uh We will be back as we know it here at the sports Lab mounts good night everybody
0: it is the Worldwide sports radio network.